I am Kaplowitz. This is Kaplowitz Media. Have you Kaplowitzed today? I am Kaplowitz Media. This is Kaplowitz Radio episode 197 entitled Not So Bright www.kaplowitz.xyz and for emailing purposes kaplowitzmedia at mail.com kaplowitzmedia the best tasting media be sure to subscribe to Kaplowitz Radio wherever you're currently listening also hey rate and review also also will Kaplowitz Radio end at episode 200 What's going on here now on this program, though? Oh, not much. Just another really big shoe. And not to brag, but it is full. Wall-to-wall. Full of technical difficulties in third, fourth, fifth takes. Grand, nonetheless. We start off with Rainier... Lorenzo of HVC Cigars, then Mickey Pegg, a much easier name to say, of All Saints Cigars, comes by, pays us a visit, then Mike swings on through to chat uh, port wine and cigar pairings, and uh, somewhere amid all that ado, I do a little Kapowitz Reads Kapowitz segment. Of course, there's a little bit of Shakespeare on ahead. You know what? Technical difficulties, I, I bet all the new homeschoolers in the area are really eating up the bandwidth, little idiots. As I said, another really big shoe, so let's get to it, gentlepersons. But first, a word from our sponsors, and then some capitalist media site news. Illusione. Cigars D. In flavor, deep. In your mind. Illusione cigars, deep in flavor, deep in your mind. Illusione cigars, deep in flavor, deep in. Your mind. Illusione Cigars dot com and GTO Cigars from Tabacleri GTO Dominicana are made from uh, the finest aged first generation Cuban seed tobaccos and meticulously crafted by some of the most experienced rollers in the Dominican Republic www.gtodominicancigars.com and Stone Throne Cigars Crook of the Crown number one cigar of the year last year Call to Arms number two this year look for Stone Throne Cigars everywhere Premium boutique cigars are sold and on your preferred social media platform as long as your preferred social media platform 
is Facebook. And now, gentle persons, and now, everyone's second favorite segment of Capitalist Radio, nipping somewhat closely, not really at the heels of Capitalist Reads Capitalist. I'm, of course, speaking to it being time for live. From the debonair Athenium, presented, of course, by Debonair Cigars. Visit them post-haste at www.debonairhouse.com. Today, on Live from the Debonair Athenium, I'll be reading Sonnet Number 21 from the Bard, William Shakespeare. This one, gentle persons, is an interesting mashup between easy and hard to read. It is number 21. I am contractually obligated to read one per week through to the end of the Sonnet Collection, which sits somewhere at 154, 145. We've barely scratched the Shakespearean surface. Gentle Persians. Sonnet number 21. So is it not with me as with that muse stirred by a painted beauty to his verse, who heaven itself for ornament doth use, and every fair with his fair doth rehearse, making a couplement of proud compare with sun and moon, with earth and seas, rich gems with aprils, firstborn flowers, and all things rare, that heaven's air in this huge rendeur hems Oh, let me, true in love, but truly right, and then believe me, my love is as fair as any mother's child, though not so bright as those gold candles fixed in heaven's air. Let them say more that like, of hearsay, well, I will not praise that purpose not to sell. www.debonairhouse.com Site news. Let's pull up the site and cover the news. This is a post that posted simultaneously, as they say in Britain, as they wrap their sandwiches in aluminium. Govna. Where was I? Oh, it posted simultaneously across Kaplowitz Media. Wine, coffee, cigars. Today, Friday, October 9, 2020. Oh, no, no, wait. Did that post then? Oh, such a build-up. Let me see. Nah, ah, fuck. 
actually posted yesterday, Thursday, October 8, 2020. First of all, what I did, I titled it, Subscribe to Capitalist Media. Second of all, what I did was I said, I asked, I said, I said, I said to myself, I said, I said to you, actually, dear gentle persons, have you capitalists today? Rhetorically, of course, for I know you are. After that, what I did was I plugged in a image of a tweet. I tweeted my last tweet. Now seems like a fine time to drop out of social media. Hashtag subscribe to any slash all capitalist.xyz, capitalist media blogs, cigars, coffee, wine, all those preceded by hashtags. You'll get a daily email from each with the day's posts. Plug your addy into the parenthetically top right field emails, capitalistmediatmail.com. And then I go on to write, let's unpack this. I, Cap, and Capitalist Media are done with social media, both of us. Why? Because, both of us? Why? Because, both of us. Why? See, the entity of Capitalist Media, myself. Maybe I shouldn't have poured that fresh cup of coffee right before hitting record. I also burnt the inside lip of my mouth on some bone broth last night. Let me start all over. I, Cap, and Capitalist Media are done with social media. Both of us. Why? Because. Until when? Let's say at the least, and if ever, March 2021. After my yearly second half of February hiatus. Subscribe. S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E. Subscribe. This becomes of the utmost importance if you do not want to miss a Capulets Media post. You may subscribe at the top right of the page by entering your email addy under subscribe. This goes across cigars, coffee, wine. This is necessary to do for each of the Capulets Media blogs, cigars, coffee, wine. You do not have to sub to all, just the ones you wish to be updated on. A daily email will be sent your way with links to that day's post. No post, no email, one email a day, even if there is more than one post published to that blog. You won't be inundated, depending on your definition. You may send an email my way at any time if you wish to stay in touch beyond reading slash listening to what I write slash say. That address again, capitalismediatmail.com. Please allow me ample time to not reply prior to not sending me a follow-up email. Now, to answer some questions I've already been asked in Ray, all this FAQ. Some overlapping may occur in the interest of clarity. Will you still be blogging and podcasting? Yes, without change. Will you post links to your new blog posts anywhere? No, that's why you need to subscribe. Will you post photos to your blog instead of Instagram? Maybe, parenthetically, maybe. Will you be opening your blog to comments? No, 
Never. Can I share links to your posts on my own social media profiles? Yes, please do. Are you going to do videos now? No. What the fuck? Also, as a slight aside, if you haven't yet, you may subscribe to the Kaplan's Radio Portfolio of Podcasts by visiting... You must go there to textually experience that link. I could say it is anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash Kaplowitz. There! You can find Kaplowitz Radio on your preferred podcast player or listen immediately. Please rate and review if both applicable and favorable. Okay. Long and short of the gentle persons. Never wanted to be on social media. Never liked social media. I now officially have begun to feel poisoned by social media. Henceforth, ergo, and therewithin, I have removed myself from social media. Is it easy? It feels quite healthy. That's not answering the question, Cap. <laughs> you got me. Is it easy? Well... I misplaced my coffee this morning, misplaced my cigar this morning, didn't know what to do with myself this morning because usually in the morning I wake up and I check my social media, Twitter to be exact, but life goes on I'll find a new groove, just like Stella, I'll get it back. And a little more site news, so just honestly and sincerely gentle persons, subscribe. You could do so by visiting capitalist.xyz. That brings you right to the cigar site. If you want the coffee, if you want the wine, there's clear links right up top. At the top right corner of each of those blogs, enter your email address. Bada bing. You know what I'm saying? Also, something else you might be interested in signing up for. I sent uh, I sent out a bit of an email newsletter blast pertaining to all this uh, back and away from social media stuff. And in it, not only did I talk about that, did I alert people as to that, like I am doing now, I also, in that newsletter, promised that next month we'll begin some new content over there. I'll be reviewing four... The newsletter audience exclusively something, something not cigars, something not wine, something not coffee, something. And it'll be again exclusive to the Capitalist Media Monthly newsletter. To sign up, shoot me an email. We'll do it that way for now. To sign up, hit me up, capitalistmedia at mail.com. And then I'll, in turn, hook a brother up. And now, gentle persons, on with the show. Kilo, Alpha, Papa, Lima, Oscar, Whiskey, India, Tango, Zulu, Hey, Mike, how's it going this week? I'm doing well, thanks, Cap. How about yourself? Mm, I'll tell you what, I'm doing fantastic, Mike. Good. Fantastic. 
I'm doing great. I'm doing what? What's better, great or fantastic? Fantastic. Fantastic. Sign me up for fantastic then. Okay. Absolutely, I'm 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 greatly fantastic, Mike, or perhaps fantastically great. Fantastically great, yeah. You never can tell. <laughs> I have finally, Mike, backed away from social media. Left it. Okay. Kaplowitz Media anywhere on social media? Nah. Nope. Mike, you you know me. How, for how long have I complained about having to be on social media? A long time. Mm. Almost as long as you complained about YouTube. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah. And anyway, we'll get we'll get we'll get to the ins and outs of that in a bit, maybe. But uh, what are you up to? So a week or so ago, I guess almost two weeks. You and I were talking off air, and the subject of port came up, and you asked me if I ever had port with a cigar. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it, and I said, no, I've had brandy, I've had cognac, but I don't think I've ever had port with a cigar. And, hmm. of course, that's historically important, port and cigar in the war room. So, <laughs> so I said, yep, that's interesting. Maybe I'll give it a try. And you suggested a Connecticut broadleaf would be a good place to start in pairing. Right. So I have, I have a nice local port that I tried. It's called Jersey Devil from the Velenzano Winery, which is in Shemang, New Jersey, in the, basically the center of the Pine Barrens, which is where the Jersey Devil is supposed to reside. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. You you put so me there. The story what, what a storyteller you are. I was there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it, it's one of the many local wineries up in that area, actually down from where I am, uh, that, that I visited with the missus. And gotcha. we always have a good time. So this, this port paired beautifully with a Connecticut broadleaf that I had last week. And okay. I said to myself, Gee, if I knew somebody that had a cigar blog and a wine blog, I would tell them they should talk about this kind of pairing. Or and at I'll, least have a podcast about it. And I'll tell you, now we're having a podcast, well, segment about it. We're podcasting about it. But right around then, I don't know if it was slightly before or some, uh, slightly after. I know I had it prepared and written before. I'm not sure exactly if it posted after or whatnot. But long story short, I did blog about pairing port with cigars mike right. and uh i you basically what it was is it posted at the cigar site and at the wine site and it was a review of a uh, meadowcroft dessert wine port and uh with it at the end of it i included some uh some pairing options with some of some cigars Right. So it is something I want to talk about. And really, this used to be the norm back in the day. Oh, absolutely. People knew knew this. You alluded to it. People knew this to be the pairing. If you're having a cigar in the evening, you pair it with port. Coffee is in the morning. And that's your dessert. Right. After a nice dinner, maybe some red meat, you know, maybe some Panda Express. 
you know, whatever you got. But what I had for recommendations off of this, uh, and I don't know how far we want to get into my review of the wine, of the port wine. It was a minus. It was, uh, what did I have? I had notes of Dr. Pepper, cherry cordial, and Australian black licorice. And uh, what I proposed for pairings uh, was a Espinosa Laranja, the Escuro. Yes, the Escuro, yes. Right, which I'm sure you've smoked. And Absolutely. Beautiful cigar. Finish, finish what, five, six in Kaplowitz Media Cigar of the Year? I think six. Also six, and also the Illusione Garagiste, which is made with winemakers in mind. The Garagiste, the small winemakers, the garage winemakers, oh. the little tiny boutique winemakers. Oh, is that where the name came from? Okay. And also, last year's number one or co-number one, the Stolen Throne Crook of the Crown, which, Mike, I know you're a fan of, that blend. Absolutely. That would pair beautifully with a port. And when I say port, just to put a fine, fine point on it, I'm talking a red. I'm not talking a white. There is white port. Does white port pair well with cigars? Maybe a Candela, a creamy Connecticut, you know, uh, shade, a Connecticut shade. But I'm talking, when I'm talking port and cigars, I'm talking full-bodied, Mexican San Andres, Connecticut broadleaf type stuff. Right. And I'm talking red. And, and for those listeners who are unaware, a port is a fortified wine where mm. a, distilled, a distilled whiskey, a distilled uh, essence, spirit, has been mm-hmm. added to the wine. So this particular one that I have um, is 19.5% ABV. Ooh, that's nice. That's yeah. a that's a good that's a good spot. Yeah. That 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 spot is a spot I like, Mike, because you get it. It doesn't knock you down, but it gives you like a nice warm feeling. Like I, I could sit out. I don't, out get, on a, a I don't get a lot of heat from this either, even at that level. Uh, really, it's, it's very fruity. I mean, it's it's you know oh, it's it's, very, it's dark stone fruity. fruit all the way. I mean, I, I get a lot of plum and cherry. Right. I mean, just delicious. And today I'm stone smoking. Fruit. Look at hold hold on stone fruit. Look at you with some excellent tasting notes, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. Stone fruit. God damn, Mike. Anyway, sorry you you were going on about what you were smoking. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm pairing this today. Uh, I had the Connecticut broadleaf the last time, and I decided this time I would try a Mexican San Andres. So I've mm. chosen the. Um, Espinosa cigar, which is made at um, at AJ's factory, and this is the Murcielago. A lot of people Batman. call this the Batman cigar. Yes, <laughs> the, the prior prior versions of it did not have a band that quite looked as much as this one does, like the Batman it, symbol. Yeah, it's kind of like they felt it out slowly, uh-huh. and nobody said anything. And okay, we're going to go a little fuller, Batman. And see if they say anything. And then the next one is just going to be a picture of Adam West. <laughs> yep. He was my favorite Batman. The, the only Batman of any consequence, right. historically speaking. 
Yep. Anyway. So, so anyway, this is a nice uh, Mexican San Andres wrapper, and it is pairing very nicely with the cigar. Um, we've discussed before, but I guess the major kind of note, you know, in the broad in the broad view of a Connecticut broadleaf would be like co- coffee or espresso and chocolate. Mm. And of course, or the a Mexican, mocha. Or yeah, mocha, right. And, and the Mexican San Andres is well known for being Mexican hot chocolate. Right. So, right. So again, they both have that bit of chocolate that goes really nice with the fruitiness of the wine. And, and, and in, the, in the case of the Connecticut Broadleaf, the, um, the, the port here enhanced a bit the sweetness of the Connecticut Broadleaf. But in San Andres, I don't hmm. usually get a lot of sweetness. So this is a whole other flavor being added to the uh, to the mix. Yeah, I, I, I spoke. Uh, I've been speaking somewhat to um, Mexican San Andres, uh, actually in this episode um, with uh, Rainier Lorenzo, HVC. Uh-huh. I believe that's this episode. Geez, I hope it's this episode. Somewhere <laughs> well, along the I line, I spoke to the yet. fella. I haven't heard it. There yet, you so go. Somewhere episode. along the line. Somewhere, you, you mean you didn't pass them and they were coming in and out of the recording studio? No, I you didn't I, pass them down the hall. No, I was a little early, so he was probably wasn't done yet. He, yeah, he had places to be. Any, anyway, uh, we talked about Mexican Andres and how uh, I don't want to say there's better or worse, but we all know there's better and worse. And the more the more you age it, the more you let it develop and evolve the more sweetness you do get from Mexican Sandres with the more age on it. That being said, also, that's not what everybody is exactly going for with it, but it does have the potential to sweeten right. Mexican Sandres. But um, two things, two hallmarks that might be missed with the Connecticut Broadleaf and with the San Andres wrapper is that they're both very deep, very substantial very rich. very earthen and not creamy but rich yes. and full and they allow for pairing such as port because port is very sweet predominantly speaking right I, it's syrupy and right. it needs to be somewhat braced it's viscous is an excellent word again mike you 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 are impressing me left and right with your vocabulary, but it's, it's, it's true. You need that. Otherwise uh, it's going to get overpowered. I would say even a Habano threatens to be overpowered by a typical port wine. Indeed. Uh, well, uh, some Habanos, let's, let's say that. Some, 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 if you get the, if you get the spicier ones, yeah, the, the, the very, the very Habano uh, Habanos. Right. But that being said, it's still an excellent pairing with the entire spectrum of cigarhood because they're still very enjoyable together and a pairing does not and maybe you could you, you could say shouldn't be completely on par. In other words, a nice lighter bodied cigar would really help spotlight that port wine. I, I would think and, I would think this particular one at least that I'm having would overpower that. And I think you would lose the cigar. In the, overpowering in the is, well, overpowering to the point of being lost, then why the hell are you doing it? 
But what I'm saying is, is usually when I pair something personally and when people ask me about pairing, I usually ask them what they're pairing to. Are you pairing to the beverage or are you pairing to the cigar? Right. Which are you highlighting? Because what happens if you go too on the nose with the pairing and it's the same intensity and it's similar notes kind of tends to offset each other and not really add anything to it, I, I, to the experience. I find sometimes when you have similar notes that it actually does bring them more forward. So that perhaps you have a sweeter cigar and a sweeter drink, and that will make the drink seem sweeter and the cigar seem sweeter. Well, sure, but then you're if just you're really that, focusing. If you look, if you if you're looking at that, if, if you're looking for just a a heavy sweet thing, just pile heavy sweet things on. Right, it's a no brainer. But if you're looking for a little more of a nuanced experience of, oh, whoa, like I, I tasted this on that puff. I tasted this on that sip. This is this is something, right. you know, but not everybody does that. I like to taste a ton of different tastes. That's just me. But really not all the time. Sometimes I just want to taste the sweet. But in that case, do I need to? I don't know. It's a, whatever you want to do. Right. Because at the end of the day. It's a nice experience. Whatever you want it's, to do it's, at it's the It's not going to be a bad trip. Right, right. So so let me ask you this. What do you, between the two that you've experienced so far, the Broadleaf or the San Andreas? I think the Broadleaf. Which one is going better? The, I, that's, I think that the would have been my well, that's guess. That's the one you recommended originally. Right, 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 on. right. And so what happens, Mike, that people forget things? What what happens that it's forgotten? I've seen people not realizing they could pair a cigar with chocolate. Right. Which, for the record, is something I don't like because I don't like to eat while I smoke. I generally don't either. But I do like a nice piece of dark chocolate between cigars. Yes, between cigars. It's a nice way if you take if you bite off a little more than you could chew instead of downing a half a spoon of sugar you take a little pip of chocolate right if you get a little of the nicotine sickness. right there's enough sugar in there to take care of the problem right right but but people i mean wh what we're experiencing essentially is a sort of a boom in interest in premium cigars that i would say is in large part due to, to the boutique sector of premium cigars but for some reason, I'm not seeing a lot of the carryover from previous to that, where, yes, port is an excellent pairing. Yeah, you should nibble on maybe a little bit of chocolate while you smoke. And instead, people are pairing. It's much more popular. People are trying to pair beer with uh, cigars. I've seen everything and paired with cigars. And for my money, beer is a terrible pairing with cigars. And for my money, there's no question that the best pairing is coffee. I, I would say, uh, you know, adult beverages are adult beverages. If you want to have a cigar any time of day with a cup of coffee any time of day, you really can't go wrong. I could tell you maybe don't brew up an Ethiopian if you're going to have a Connecticut Broadleaf. The Ethiopians tend to be lighter, fruitier. Right. Could and get you lost. you have the same thing that you have with everything else that you're going to pair. 
a lot depends but, on the cigar. It, you know what you what 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 you choose to pair with it. Often depends on the cigar you have that you're going to smoke. And right, vice and, versa, and if you only have if you only have one particular adult beverage available, you might choose a cigar based on what you have to drink, which is what you. That's were true, and before. if you do that, right, and if you do that enough, basically, you're looking at your own stash, and of course, you're going to like everything in it because <laughs> if you only have this booze and you only have these cigars chances are you went out of your way to get that booze and that cigar and you're going to enjoy the experience. And the other thing, uh, there's another pairing out there that's kind of a go figure to me, but I'm not saying it's a bad pairing. It's another classic pairing. And that's brown booze, whiskey, bourbon, scotch. Yeah. My, my issue with that, and I've said it before, is you're singeing your taste buds with those with those liquors and i've personally questioned how much of this cigar and how much of really anything i'm tasting but it feels lovely yeah but 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 the port is the perfect mike and i'm glad i'm glad you're having a good time off of a recommendation it feels good to recommend somebody a good time it's nice so you going to keep doing this? Is is this? Are you going to become well, a port? I, 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 I could see I you being a port. You seem like a classical guy. You're a classical okay. guy. <laughs> I'm certainly old enough to be a classic. Well, you're old enough to be an antique. <laughs> yep. But definitely a classic. <laughs> definitely a classic. But yeah, it, it's it's just interesting to me, and I'm not saying it's forgotten by everyone. It just it just seems like. I'm I'm always surprised when people now that I'm fully writing about wine I'm I'm still surprised when people say wait wine and cigars I mean that's a natural isn't I it I don't know I I have not really delved into that very much See this port this really hits the spot for me I have a real sweet tooth my wife always complains that I make her get these wines that are like sugar I I like sweet There you I go like sweeter stuff dry <laughs> Dry wine is not is not my favorite, so this thing is right up. My and alley. and you, and and it, the problem is, Mike. As as members of the tribe, we've been ruined out of the gate to a certain extent with sweet wine with the Manischewitz. <laughs> to this right. day, I like a really good Concord wine. I just love them. <laughs> I can't help it. At this at this point in my career, I don't know if I could cop to that publicly, but sure. Sure, as 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 any of my credence flies out the window. Sure, I like a Concord wine as much as the right. next fella. It's it's yeah. grape juice. Why I not like grape juice? It's adult Absolutely. grape juice, and it's great. And it, and actually, I used to joke about it all the time, but I do enjoy Concord grape Manischewitz with a cigar. It's not very different than port. I would it's, think it's, 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 it's just also, not it's very also different. It's got a little more viscosity than most wines. So it's got a little bit more of right. that mouthfeel. Very jammy. Right. Very jammy. Well, and just... it holds up well. But it, and, and <laughs> anyway, uh, so I, want, I did want to come back. And you asked me if I wanted to talk about this too. But I posted about backing away from social media. And the why isn't really important. I mean, 
I guess people could, you know, you talk about Batman, you talk about great detectives. There's probably, it's probably pretty obvious that me finally having to back away has something to do with being tired of politics, which I am pre-tired of. And just seeing all this stuff is, it starts to feel harmful. But the thing is, if, and I've mentioned this elsewhere in the show, but it's, it bears mentioning again, if you don't want to miss any Kaplowitz Media posts to the wine, to this coffee, to the cigars, you got to sign up by subscribe. And one doesn't get them all. I've noticed there's a lot of people signing up for cigars, and I appreciate that that's my flagship endeavor. But I just wanted to make it clear, when you sign up at the cigar site, you are not signing up to get the wine and the coffee Separate updates. emails. You have to do those in separate signups. So from each one of those, you'll get no more than one a day emails just with the links of that day. I mean, a lot of guys watch, uh, listen to half wheel, read half wheel. I should say it's like that. I'm signed up for half wheel. I get their daily, you know, linky things. So just sign up. You could opt out if it gets too much, you know, and if that's the case, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I never liked you anyway. But, yeah, make sure you sign up. And something else that I think I only barely mentioned thus far in the show, and I'm going to hit it here real hard, is that I kicked up my newsletter again. Okay. And that's a separate sign-up. That one you only have to sign up once, wherever you see it. And once a month, that's it, just once a month, I'm going to be sending out that newsletter with a little bit of uh, housekeeping attached to it as far as what's coming, what came, what's, you know, what's going on at Capitalist Media. But in that, uh, in that newsletter, you're going to get one exclusive, published nowhere else, review. And it will not be a cigar, coffee, or wine review. It will be a tasting type thing, but it won't be any of the Very tantalizing. Exclusive to their free of charge. So why not? You know, why not? And it's a good way to stay. It's a good way to stay plugged into capitalist media, because believe me, big things are coming. So just because I'm absent from social media doesn't mean I'm not still doing this. I'm actually doing this even more, whatever the heck this is. So you want to stay plugged in, plug yourself in. If you don't, that's fine. Also, sign up to receive these podcasts wherever you listen. So anyway... Mike, other than other than wine and cigars and all that stuff, what's new in your neck of the woods? Nothing much, not really exciting. Nothing exciting around here. Uh, things are starting to reopen slowly, and then some things are reclosing after they reopen because uh, <sighs> numbers are picking up again. So it's 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 an interesting yeah. year to say the least. It really is. And and as it winds down a little bit, it seems like next year maybe have some interesting lingering into right. it. 
it doesn't seem like it's going to be contained within this yeah, calendar unfortunately, year. Unfortunately, and that's might, good. It might go on. It it might go on, and I just it, it kind of goes back to why I finally had to back away from social media because I know it sucks. I don't need a thousand people showing up in my feed reminding me how much it sucks. Right. You know, I got tired of doing the dance on Facebook of accepting friend requests and then deleting them when I find out they're going to be pumping politics and social stuff into my feed. And, you know, it is what it is. I I just want to do this. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about the VP debates I don't want to know what people say. Mike, you know what? In retrospect, recent retrospect, I think that fly is the killing spot for me. <laughs> the, the, the fly that landed on Mike Pence. How many people need to update their Facebook and Twitter about that? I get it. I didn't watch the debates, but I understand there was a fly there. And I understand it liked for whatever reason to be it's on became Pence. a mean. Why but but these people all see everybody pumping it into their feed. Why do they feel like they have to do it too? At what point is right. it okay? We're good. We got this covered. Why do I have to put another thing? Oh you yeah, flies like shit. Why do I have to read that eight times in the first yeah. three minutes? of it happening leave me alone leave me alone and uh but don't leave me alone read me at kaplowitz.xyz listen to me here and the email i mean just uh, you can email me at any time kaplowitzmedia at mail.com just uh, remember to leave me plenty of time to not reply and uh, but no really I, i there's something there's something more meaningful about receiving an email than getting caught up in some kind of a thread on, on social media or even getting a messenger message or a WhatsApp or whatever or, or a DM. There's something nicer certainly more about personal. receiving. It, it's not replaced. It, it, it doesn't it, – those little snippets – Public and private don't replace that exactly that personal level of somebody sat down to write something to somebody else, not to get as much likes as they could and have some sidebar conversation underneath. But it, it's a you know we live in a world there's no such a thing anymore. For a while there was a, there were a group of people trying to keep the mailing a letter to somebody right. alive. That's not going to happen. Uh, it's done. Not going to happen. But an email is damn close to getting something in your mailbox. And I don't have to put a bathrobe on to go across the street or and to pick the up post my mail. Or to the post office to buy stamps. Or to the post office to buy stamps. You know, whatever that costs now. It's, so it's... Uh, it's nice to get an email. I will. I joke, but chances are I will respond to you via email. You know, I'm just joking, right. just having fun, kid, because I love. But yeah, look, Kaplowitz, uh, Kaplowitz Media at mail.com. And if you want to 
take part in a newsletter, you could hit me up there and I could plug you in or you could plug yourself in at the website and definitely subscribe. So there's two things at play here. There's a subscribe, which is up right. top at all three sites. <clears throat> that gets you every post. The Kaplowitz Media newsletter sign up gets you, that's right, the newsletter. Exclusive two different things. I don't think that's too confusing. Exclusive of the others, including exclusive content in a newsletter. And so anyway, let, let, let's move on from there. Uh, not much going on in your neck of the woods. My neck of the woods, Mike, I am becoming more and more enamored with, uh, I guess it would be a family pet at this point. It, became, it began life as just my son's the rat, pet uh-huh. rat. But, but Doug, he's like a member of the family. He's, he's an awesome little mm-hmm. rodent, man. And on the Disillusione the, the Program podcast... <laughs> he's <Super> smart. <laughs> on, on the, he's uh, he he could easily work for the best of labs, but uh, he's really there, there's really uh, so. My son likes to have pets. We have a dog. We have right. two dogs, a big one, a little one, and that's all we need. That's not in a cage. After that. I don't care how many cages and aquariums are here. You know, it's, it's a lot easy. It's self-contained. It is, it's, it's right there. They all require uh, I ta- We take though. care of them when we take care of them. They all require maintenance, but it's less pressing than having to take a dog for a walk. I'm not saying I don't give them food, but I'm saying maybe I could, you know, before, before I give Dougie some table scraps from the night before, I could uh, I could uh, make my coffee because, you know, he's not going to pee by the front door if right. I don't get him out in time, <laughs> like that kind of thing. But this, this rat shoes, is like, <laughs> uh, no, th- th- this rat is, there's a, there's a, he's got the it. And, and I was, I was saying before uh, on the, you know, the Illusione podcast, Dion, doesn't like the idea of keeping animals in cages. I'm not going to have a rat walking around my I'm house because right. it's a rat. And and the house rules are, I love Doug. Doug is good peeps. Doug gets loose in my house, I'm getting a shovel. <laughs> he's not a pet anymore. If he's a, you know, my kid carries him around, he sits on his lap. But once he's loose and running around unauthorized, it's chewing on your time. wires, and then we'll get another one. But chewing on wires, dropping pellets all over—I ain't living that life. But but there's a—he's got they the, make he's traps got the that, it. By the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that at that point, he's vermin. Right. You know, it's a problem. But anyway, it's not going to get there. But he has the it, Mike. He has. He recognizes you. Like when when you walk into the room, he gets excited in his cage like a dog would in a oh. kennel. Right, like well, like uh, we have a smart. couple. We have a couple of dwarf hamsters. They're dumb as fuck. They're cute, <laughs> dumb as fuck. You don't have to do anything with them. They actually recommend you don't overhandle them. They like to do their thing. It's kind of like furry fish, right? You know, in the don't aquarium. Don't play with them. Just watch but, them. Right, right. Oh, look, they're on their wheel. That's cute, and they're freaking adorable. Don't get me wrong. 
but um this rat like knows stuff and you could teach them you could teach them dog tricks yeah like they they come to their name and uh it's it's really it's it's really cool it you know it's it's really cool and my kid loves it and uh Is it a white one? i just i guess i don't it's a, it's a cinnamon hooded one cinnamon hooded meaning okay. that yes it's 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 what it's white but um it has like a like a hood of a cinnamon complexion okay over its head it's a lovely rat i will say one thing though rats are much more acceptable when you're looking at them head on because when you're looking at their butts there's a lot more rat shit going on back there <laughs> and i don't mean that literally although i do but that that naked tail it still kind of sends shivers a uh-huh. little bit, you know. It's it's a little bit like, oh, what the hell's going on here? That's a rat tail. But a- anyway, the, you know that's what it is. So th- this this is this is what passes for excitement at this point in time. The addition of a pet right. rat. I remember my kids had gerbils. We had dogs. We had cats. Yeah. Family pets yeah. are cool. The and, kids really like them. Teaches them a little responsibility. And, Exactly. As long as it does that, because he is really good with it. You know, every morning, every night, we both check on the rodents and everybody's cool. I'll tell you one thing. When those little fuckers die, the the, the cute little uh, dwarf right. hamsters, you know, going to get me a couple of mice. Oh, mice. So what it's going to look they're, like they're is smart, but they're not nearly as smart as rats. No, 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 no. But, but, uh, and, and they say you should keep two rats together, but they aren't living with me and they're not paying my bills. So I'm going to stay with the one rat. He came to me as a single rat. He seems fine as a single rat. We're forging ahead. He's right. with my he kid a lot. Need, he he doesn't a lot need to know attention. what another rat is. He absolutely doesn't need to know. He, as far as he's concerned, he's the only rat in existence. And that's right. fine. He's the last of his kind. But I, I want to get. I want to replace the little hamsters with a couple of little, uh, a little couple little girly mice, little girl female okay. mice. And I, I, I'm turning. I guess. I guess what surprises me is I, I'm a. I'm a fan of rats and mice. Okay. And I try really hard not to focus on what that means about me. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's they're not the kind of thing most people want to care for. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's it's nice. I, I I like anyway. Anyway, I I never got into so what I'm smoking. I guess, I smoking. Want, I guess you smoke- don't want to talk oh, about oh. the the YouTube channel that I walked watched that the guy shows all his rat traps and mouse traps. <laughs> no, why would you even bring that up? Actually, I might be I I, I might uh, I might be interested. A- a- anyway. What I'm what I'm smoking is something I've been smoking a lot of. I'm not going to get into it. I just uh, I want to give a shout out because I am smoking it. It's the White Series from uh, Cavalier Geneve cigars, and that it, went pretty it's, high, right? It's one of my yeah. I forget. You know, like honestly, like I re- really should be able to commit to memory my top ten cigars of the year, don't you think? But uh, but after two, it gets a little cloudy. But I think that finished. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Excellent cigar. 
and uh, actually, you might be able you might be able to reach down and pair with a white port with this, depending on the white port. But so a white port is not a like twenty port, right? Twenty is just a no. Color. White port is white, right? Right. Well, twenty. Yeah, we'll go that. We'll say that. But the, but a white a white dessert wine, a white okay. port is a, a port made with white wine, and. Uh, yeah, I now I real I don't think I have any port on hand. Oh, I'm t- I'm talking about this. You're talking about this. I have a bunch of wine, but I don't think I have any port. So do the wine? But anyway, music, do most of them make a port? Uh, no, not by a long shot. I find that a lot of not I by a long a shot. Lot of wineries here in Jersey have a port. Well, that's because Jersey wine well, sucks. What can I tell you? <laughs> I, I like fruity wines I like sweeter wines so in Pennsylvania in New Jersey we get all kinds of fruity wines that I really like my wife tolerates <laughs> tolerates she says she's, she's such yes. a good woman even though she doesn't like my reviews well just that one that she heard that was <laughs> Well, some of them are a bit much. Some of them are a bit much. I, I take poetic license in, in a very right. serious way. But uh, it reminds and, me anyway, sometimes of I'm some smoking of, the some white of your series. older cigar reviews also. Oh, geez. The, the super yes. long ones. Yeah, yeah. They, notice I never read any of those. I feel like I would, I, I would hyperventilate and keel over about a third of the way through. Okay. We all have to start somewhere. People still like reading them, though. I'll get talk about emails. I'll get emails citing those still. Like, I love those reviews. And they'll tell me the review, and I'm like, wow, I don't uh, remember it's, reviewing it's, that. That must have been forever ago, and it was one of the long it, it ones. Gets, you, you get to show off your writing chops a little more. I guess. I guess. But, geez, at, th- at this point, do I have to flex anymore? <laughs> Can't we just all agree that I'm a fantastic writer? Right. <laughs> at what point is that just a given? Yeah. You know? Oh, anyway, you're you're an Espinosa fan. You might like this. Uh, maybe the ne- the next time we'll talk, I hope we'll be able to talk about this. But Hector, yes, Alfonso, and he's and coming I can, out I my neck he's of the, the woods. Chief lender there now, right? R- right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, coming out my neck of the woods, we're going to hang out. He's uh, doing a little trip up to Portland. He's uh, also going to be in Eugene, right in my backyard. Unfortunately, we're going to have to figure somewhere else out to meet because uh, I am banned for life from my local brick and mortar where he'll actually be appearing. One little comment you made so many years ago. Well, life is life, Mike. The passage of time doesn't know from life, you know. It's, it's uh, I, 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 I erred, and I'm paying the price, you know. And uh, I, I, it's, uh, it's such a silly thing, such a, and so taken right. out of context, and blown so delivered because blown out of proportion, delivered in a vindictive way for backdoor re- for you know behind the right. scene reasons anyway it is what it is i accept my lifetime ban and 
I'll, I'll, I'll catch up with Hector. Maybe, maybe we'll go to an Applebee's. There's an Applebee's in town. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, yeah, you know what? I know exactly where we're going. We're going to good times. Good times is the smoker friendly place. It's outdoors, of course, but it's covered. It won't be too, it won't be too cold by next week. It might be a little wet, but we're covered. And we'll hang out and we'll talk about some stuff and we'll, you know what? We'll take pictures. People often say I should take right. more pictures. I don't know why. I, I'm aware of how I look. Why would you want to see that <laughs> from different angles? You have a face for radio. <laughs> I have a face for radio. Thankfully, a voice too. So it all right. works. But, uh, you know, it, it's uh, that's one of the questions I get without uh, social media is you barely post pictures anyway. Are you going to at least keep your Instagram going? No. No, I barely used Instagram in the first place. But uh, maybe I'll blog some pictures of Hector and I. And uh, I, I understand he's about three of me wow. in size. And, and, and it always gets a little dicey because pe- people, you know, my voice, people hear me and they're like, oh, this, you know, sounds like a big dude, you know. I'm 5'10", 100, and maybe 75 right. Off, pounds. Often the deeper voice is a, a bigger body. Right. I, I guess I'm I'm surprised right. or whatever. So so it look look for pictures of what it looked like Hector with his bearded son. And um that would the bearded son will of right. course be me. But uh <laughs> you know, but I'll see if that's why I don't want to take pictures with Dion. One day <laughs> Dion and you I are gonna sit down next ladder. to each other. I, you know what? I will only take pictures next to Dion if he is sitting or if I'm on a crate. That's right. And I'll still be shorter. And I'll he's still be shorter. He's a huge man. He's a he's aggressively large, unnecessarily right. tall. It's vulgar. His height is vulgar. And uh, whatever, whatever. But Mike, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed your pairing. I'm glad you're yeah, gonna this, do it this, more. This one with the and, uh, the the Mexican San Andres was still a very good pairing. I just I just like the uh, Connecticut Broadleaf a little better. I'll have to try that one again. Well, what a different you, cigar, and we'll see how it goes. What do you and report back for sure? What What do you you typically like Connecticut Broadleaf yes. better anyway? Um, although although there was a so there you a couple go months ago where I went through a bunch of. San Andres, and of course, some a bit, some I remember that others, and the ones that were better were really good. Mm-hmm. They were really good. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, the Connecticut Broadleaf always tastes good. Doesn't grade as well as it smokes because they tend not to right. be very complex. Fairly linear. They tend not to be very transitional. It's fairly linear. It's fairly one or two big notes. But they're very enjoyable. I just tend not to grade them as high as I... I tend not to grade them as high as my enjoyment level, right. if that makes sense. Perhaps, perhaps on that uh, uh, TLDR, you need to add another item. Right, right, right. <laughs> you need to add another item for enjoyment. Well, with... Not necessarily oh, part God. of the, now, the... the review process, but an additional item. 
it does show up to a certain extent yes, in the course, final I mean, grade. But, but still, you're, you're more objective, and this would be a more subjective uh, number, letter. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It's not going to the, the TLDR, the too long didn't read component of my, a rather new component component of my cigar stuff, and a version of it is coming to wine and to coffee as well, as soon as I formulate it. But that is that's static. That's okay. not changing for the cigars because that's in homage to one of my personal favorite cigar guys, and that's Lawrence Davis. Right. Davies, the 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 Sauter yes. Sauter guy, the the the, the yes, big yes, British gentleman. Unfortunately, L- the best reviews. <laughs> I know because a guy like that only smokes and Cubans and you know shop. it. He's that guy, right? He's that guy, but he's that guy very well. And I just uh, and I don't know. If I've ever given him critic of the year, I don't think so. Okay, in the Cappy Awards, a fantastic, fantastic is the catchword of this little segment, apparently. But a fantastic oversight on my part, taking nothing away from any of the other Cappy Award-winning critics, cigar critics. He's really like he's 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 fantastic. I, I totally. If somebody was to ask me. Who uh, he's, they should he's watch so, on YouTube? He's also so review cigars. Crazy. I mean, the the the, the you start with cigar him. store shop that's known around the world. I mean, this guy just oozes class. Just oozes class and a good amount of sweat, <laughs> but mostly class. A little bit of drool, but mostly class, and just fantastic. And those, you know, those, those high notes that those, those too long didn't read notes. Those are, those are, like I said, all him from watching him for years now. That's essentially his full review, you know? And I I guess uh, kind of speaking to that, I don't, I think reduxes are not going to be a thing anymore. Um, Written wise, as far as reviews, they're going to be audio. They're going to be, components okay. of the podcast and how and how they're going to happen is just that just the taste draw burn okay build. and that'll be like a like the new version of the redux because quite frankly it's not always worth writing a redux if if it's an if it's an excellent product and i like to think i only smoke excellent products there's really not so much of an alteration in consistency. Not, there's not so much of a deviation in consistency that requires right. a full write-up. Right. It's, it's, it's repetitive. You know, it's repetitive. And why? So, yeah, look, look for it. That's another little bit of news. Look for reduxes to go away, but to come back in the form of, uh, let's call right. them quick reviews in, in that too-long-didn't-read format. So... Very, lots of stuff happening. I continue to be working on the Phil Zanghi book. Um, Illusione. Uh, you oh, know, yeah, this something is something we haven't Mike. really talked about much. Coming very soon to the Disillusione D program podcast, which you receive when you sign up 
when you subscribe to Kaplowitz Radio to the podcast feed. And also what you will receive if you subscribe to any of my blogs, because I also post it there. Anyway, coming up soon, this week, maybe the next, we're going to have some big, big news regarding the Kaplowitz Media Lugione ah, Cigars Candela. Can't wait. And uh, get your white <laughs> port ready. Okay. You know, get your, Ethio- get your Ethiopian coffee all ready. And uh, drink it all down with some Candela. Because you talk about stuff that used to be popular and isn't now. That used to be the yep, American market selection. Candela. They still call it that, but it isn't. You know? But it, it, like, like I've said, when you watch black and white flicks, when you watch Three Stooges shorts and they're smoking cigars the chances are you don't see it because it's black and white, but the chances right. are As it's I a green before, cigar. As I said before, when I first got into tobacco, I was, was experimenting with cigars and pipes and eventually cigarettes. But the cigars, when I went, and they didn't have cigar shops. They had tobacco shops. And they were primarily pipes and pipes. Right. But the few cigars that they had were all green. And I didn't really like them. I mean, they were neon green. They were bright, bright green. <laughs> not like the subdued ones that Dion has and some others that I've seen, but uh, but but these were brown. Right. I hated them. They just tasted like hay and grass. That's all they tasted like. And once in a while, I'd find that rare brown hey, cigar, yeah. and I'd try that, and they were much better. Now you know we, we have we talked much, and, and I don't want to I don't want to take too much more of your time up. But have we talked much about no, pipes, really. you and I publicly? Good. <laughs> That's enough. So let's let's circle back to the Cappy Awards for the critic of the year. <laughs> Not much to say about pipes. I, I I tried them. I didn't care for them. Too much damn work. I mean, uh, you have to carry around so much stuff with you. It's crazy. Uh, as as I've said before, if you're yeah. at home and you're smoking and you have your spot and you have all your contraptions right there then that's fine. You can smoke. But if you got to, you know, I was right. a young guy. I didn't want to carry all that stuff with me all the time. You need a, you need no. a So, you know what? Next pipe stuff. <laughs> next, next time, next time somebody taps my expertise in solving a murder mystery, I will it's fire up a, a pipe while I do that. Right. Of course. Of course. And uh, Exactly. And I don't have one, but I do that have works. two baseball caps and I'll put one on forward and one on backward and I'll smoke my bubble pipe. There you go. And we'll get to the bottom of this right. mystery. You know, but yeah, and want, anyway, I, you were bringing I something to up. I'm back sorry. to the Cappy Awards for Cigar Critic of the Year. I have to say, I, I have, I want to give a shout yes, out yes. to Paul Karat. Uh, I have been enjoying his, uh, his uh, YouTube stuff. Phil, I'm sorry. What did I say? Phil. Paul? Phil. Oh, I'm sorry. Phil. Yes. Paul. Phil. Phil Karak. Uh, I've been enjoying his his YouTube stuff. He does some some interesting stuff. Very good reviews um, and some interesting characters. Very 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 sticky, and I say that with all compliments. Yeah, you know, I'm I like right. to think I'm sticky. Right. I like shtick. Phil Phil's got the shtick, but at the end of the day, some of the better tasting notes, 
one of the better palettes. I don't even know if he's aware of it to the fullest extent. He has an excellent palette, translates it very well, and manages to do it yes. in an infotaining way. And I appreciate it. And he's been yeah, on the show. He'll be on the show again. Was an excellent chat. We talked about everything from butt plugs <laughs> to butt plugs. I was, I was hoping there would be more. From B to B. Even more than there was. Two comedians get together. I mean, I, I, I like expect to hear. <laughs> oh, I'm no comedian. I'm, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm no comedian. No. Uh, I, I, it's yes. it's hard work being funny at the end of the day, you know, and if so, and I have no problem uh, if somebody is funnier than me, I'll let them be funny. Go ahead, kid. And, and I don't mean that in any way that I'm larger and they're smaller or whatever. But if you want to carry the funny, I'll let you carry the funny. If you want to carry the bag, I'll okay. let you carry the bag. You know, you want to carry the box? Guess carry. what I'll do, Mike? Well, you'll let. No, me. I will. I'll let you carry it. Yes. Oh, I see what you're doing. You're saying okay. as if you. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're correct. Anyway, I'm gonna get going. We've been chatting long enough. We're gonna bump okay. up against our time limit anyway. So I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, and uh, well, I'll talk to you before then. But as far as the gentle persons out there listening, and uh, and Mike, before I let you go, don't forget you could share stuff I do. Right, and, and, and let's, to and social let's media. make it clear to just the, because I'm not there. Let's make everybody, it clear to the gentle everybody. persons that the Kaplowitz Media Group on Facebook is not going to be closing up. Son <laughs> I'll of a keep bitch. It open. God fucking damn it. I'm going to let you go. What a bummer. Kilo. Alpha. Papa. Lima, Oscar, Whiskey, India, Tango, Zulu. All right, gentle persons, settle in around here. Uh, a little bit of Kaplowitz reads Kaplowitz. Ah. Uh. We'll start off with cigars. We got two cigars. Uh, looks like two wines. Uh, I do have some coffee samples coming my way, so hopefully the good load willing. I'll be reading a coffee review about this time next week for Cavaliers Radio episode 198. But this is 197, and uh, we ain't got a coffee but let's let's uh, we do got we do got stuff we do got stuff so uh let's get to stuff then gentle persons let's make with the stuff tuesday october 6 2020 adventura cigars the royal return queen's pearls in review to paraphrase the familiar again adventura cigars the royal return queen's pearls Wrapper, Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade, Binder, Ecuadorian Filler, Dominican Republic, Ecuador, Nicaragua. Format, Corona, 
origin, Tabacalera, William Ventura, Dominican Republic, intensity is left blank. Left blank. Hold on. Let's uh, let's edit that. That's only been up for several days. Let's finish it. I'm gonna plug in. It's a. I'm gonna say it's a mild medium. Notes: light spices, floral, cream, pleasantly sweet, mature, and alum of a prestigious finishing school. This cigar knows etiquette and apparently makes me think of Barbara Bush. Quote, I want to be able to garden while I can bend over. End quote. She said that. Barbara Bush. This cigar says that. Has floral bits, dandelions, roots and all, chamomile, sweet vegetal tidings, earthiness, creamy and sunny bright, sans glare, Citrus, lemonade, big cream, some suede, white pepper, kindly, and cardamom. Undertones of flaky pie crust, builder's tea, oats, white chocolate is a midpoint transition slash entry. Uh, underbelly is a golden haystack, no needle, and more slight chicken coop. Excellent gently nuanced depths, sneaky complexities. Lovely balance and wonderful posture structure. Balsa wood. It is quite the queen, really. It, it, it titters tenderly and waves warmly. Grounding. Built very well. Uh, a bit delicately at the cap. Draws silky smooth. Builds fantastic silvery sheathed ash. Paces itself almost sublimely so and on a dead even line. Uh, a smoke which soothes via even-keeled performance and personable feel with sweet, clean finish. Not a smoke which necessarily wows with flavor. Instead, sets an appealing mood. Behind every king's gold is a stick, just like this. To paraphrase the familiar, final grade, A-. minus. Stay calm, carry on. If I had thought about that, I would have included it. Let me see. Got to update that real quick. And uh, pull that up. Knock that down. A little bit of behind-the-scenes engineering. And right there, back we are. Thursday, October 8th. 2020 HVC Cigars Serie A, Perlis, in review, an urbane take on Rustic. Again, HVC Cigars Serie A, Perlis. The wrapper is a Nicaraguan Corojo 99, binder, filler, each Nicaraguan. Format is 5 and 5 eighths by 46 to Perlis. Uh, that's, well, they call it a Perlis. Say it's a Corona. Origin. Eh, Nicaragua. Intensity, medium, full. Sp uh, notes, uh, spices. I'm thirsty. Spices. 
mesquite, dates, a spice fest, gate to wire a bit dryly, so intense, narrowly and up front of each pull, then dissipates quickly to a moderate fullness and weight, cinnamon, nutmeg, cayenne. Mesquite comes in midway and steers. Sweetness comes uh, predominantly from dates, lesser from figs, and on the back of a leathery earthiness. Mm. A black cherry whispers in the background. Toasted profile. Tick of cola. That earth uh, gambit leads the undertones, riding on lesser bits of chicory, coffee bean, and an in-out cocoa. Thin but delineated hyperfocus, not great nuance, but nice complexity and quite the transition. While notes are dry, their effect is salivating. Excellent umami, barnyard, adds to leather, precise, strict but not edgy, per se, smooth but not soft, an urbane take on rustic. Finishes slim and quick, burns dead even, draws Jim Dandy. Smoke output is big actively, rather muted, passively, savory, sweet, dark aroma, spice kicka, a wicked kicka of spice, rolled firmly with a slight, even softening via progression. A slight crack forms in the 3-3 during the 2-3, burns coolly, peters a bit, slow, slow pacing, mechanically sound enough, perhaps lacking in intangibles, in character, say left me just the slightest wanting, enjoyable, very, but uh, less than sating. Final grade, B+. And now we go over to the wonderful world of wine. And that's exactly where I'm going after this recording. Hmm. Thursday, October 8th. 2020 Broadside Wines, 2018, Margarita Vineyard, Cabernet Sauvignon, Sauvignon, Paso Robles, in review, no cushion for the pushing. Have you capitalists today? Hey, 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 you capitalists today? Hey, Broadside Wines, 2018, Margarita Vineyard, Cabernet Sauvignon, Paso Robles, Category, red. Appellation, Paso Robles. Santa Margarita. Margarita. Vintage 2018 varietal Cabernet Sauvignon. Winery, broadside. It's all in the title. I break it down. Why? Search engines. Alcohol, 14.5%. Notes, blackcurrant. Black cherry, anise. Bet you I was gonna. Uh, bet you thought I was gonna say uh, black licorice. Shoulda. Mm-hmm. Shoulda sits uh, nigh inky in the glass. Purple, darker in the depth, fairer by the rim. Purple, looks polished, crisp. Nary legs, in the USA, nor tears. Viva la France. The bouquet is tart, dark fruits, then opens to ripeness. A tick of spice. Quite focused on the tongue, but not sharply, instead intense and round, full. Tannins build slowly and late, 
but last long. Oak, freshly so. Black currant and cherry. Tropical floral bits. Spices from the nosing. Red, anise, jaunty, not flighty. Smoky and almost sultry, but not languid like that. Athletic. No cushion for the pushing, but attractive nonetheless. Athletic, not edgy, nor frenetic. A, a, a resting gaze housing impish eyes. N nicely complex and moderately nuanced. Well-balanced, particularly when fully open and embracing of sweet leather. Undertones include uh, whispered bits of salted minerals, hint of graphite, all good, drenched. A drenched wine, a rom-com kiss in the rain. Final grade, A minus. Could you tell I almost knocked my coffee over? If you could tell me when, I'll send you a cigar. But I didn't knock it over. But I am going to read one last review. So there's always time to knock my coffee into my lap and across my keyboard. Staying at Kaplowitz Media Wine, Tuesday, October 6th, Year of Our Lord, 2020. Naughty Vines, Cabernet Sauvignon, 2018 in review. A slow leak. Naughty Vines, 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon by Rodney Strong Wine Estates. Category Red, Appalachian Sonoma County Varietal. Oh, Jesus. There's Cab, there's Merlot, there's Petite Syrah, and there's a Zinfandel. But only 1% of it. Sure, why not, kid? Alcohol, 13.5%. Mm. Notes Cherry, Cafe Americano, Leather. Seemingly self indulgent and irreverent, but enough about me. That also characterizes this wine. 10 pounds of flavor in a 5-pound bag. Sips big cordial cherry front alongside a lesser Cafe Americano bulging black currant, blackberry, plum, juicy as fuck with impish tannins. Oak, a bit of smoky patent leather. The nose is all that. Nothing hides nothing here. Boom, as the kids say. Uh, a screwed cap and stewed affair, say? Maybe. Drink it now? Sure. On the back end and into the finish is a slight, comparatively, minerality. Savory, smooth, a glimpse of witch hazel on a short finish. That ain't great. Restraint tightens as the punchy front fades. Oh, uh, yeah. Visuals. Burgundy with garnet rim, polished highly, crisp, laces the glass hardly. Oh yeah, imagery. A 4.0 GPA philosophy major at a frat party. He's chugging, but I don't buy it. He's too smart, but also not as smart as he thinks he is. Ultimately, there might be a hole in the bag. A slow leak. A too timid conclusion. Final grade, B+. Plus. Kilo, Alpha, Papa, Lima, 
Oscar, Whiskey, India, Tango, Zulu. All right, and here is take 32 with uh, Mickey Pegg, All Saints Cigars. Mickey, you there? Yeah, I'm here, absolutely. All right, that's a little better. Full disclosure, it's been a rough morning at Kaplowitz Media. I couldn't find my coffee, couldn't find my cigar, uh, couldn't find Mickey. This is, uh, like I said, take number 43. And uh, this, I have a good feeling about this. You, you know what they say, Mickey, the 50th time is the charm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny you say that. I turned 50 and I started, I started a new company. So there you go. There you go. Whoa, what a, what a lead-in. I didn't even know how professional I was being. That, that's, uh, that's great. So the new company, All Saints Cigars, we'll talk about that in a bit, of course. But as we've said, what nobody else will hear now is that a lot of what we're covering, which is your history in the industry, happened before I'm fully paying attention. So when you go over this, you're kind of taking me to school, too, because I'm a big big history buff, writ large, particularly in cigars. So that being said, do you you want to repeat what you just said again? Yes. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) let's see. Yeah, no worries. You know, it's it's a repeatable story. You know, so... Basically, what happened was uh, I was a junior uh, at the time. It was the spring of my junior year of college at Catholic University about 30 years ago. And I was fetching cigars for the senator. And back then, I was an intern. And if you were an intern, um, you didn't get paid back. They didn't have to pay. Now they have to pay you. And if you did a good job, uh, the chief of staff would hand, give you a handful of cash and tell you, take a cat down to Georgetown, go down to Georgetown Tobacco and pick up cigars and bring those cigars back. And then uh, if somebody didn't show up for it, you get to sit in with that. And you got, you got to keep the change from purchasing the cigars and, and, and the cab ride. So, you know, you get a, a lot of times you got a cigar, you got a pocket full of money. And then you would listen to, you know, sometimes the senator would get on and he would talk to the president of the United States or secretary of state, a lot of those things that, that were going on. And I was like, this is, this is pretty damn cool. And then, you know, from fetching cigars, you know, for the senator, uh, David Berkebile, um, who's now been in business for 56 years, just turned 80. Um, he, you know, offered me a job and, and uh, well, with the guy by the name of Jay Vatical, who was, was manager at the time. So I got a part-time job there. And then, you know, from there, I got, I got exposure. And I, I still thought I was going to pursue politics. And um, Davidoff offered me a job. So... Oh. Got the job with Davidoff, and then from Davidoff, we, um, you know, they were going from a broker sales force at that time to a direct sales force. So we helped that build out. And then, you know, from there, um, got to meet Tim Osgener through the years through doing events and things like that were taken off. So um, he offered me a job and a chance to come in, be a part of the program, and then, you know, come in and, um you know, obviously, you know, become national sales manager. So what was great, you know, being with Davidoff too, was such a great way to learn the industry from a different angle. Because at that time, when I was at Georgetown Tobacco, you couldn't get information about cigars as freely as you could now. Hmm. Um, 
a lot of people wouldn't even tell you what countries the product came from, the wrapper or the binder. Uh, you knew what the country of origin was for the most for the most point. Uh, but there was guys like uh, there was guy Kevin who was the rep from Davidoff, and then John Turpak was the rep from Ashton at the time. And they would spend time with you, talking to you about the cigars, what was in them. And then obviously George Padron, which, you know, was one of my favorite cigars at the time. It still is. Uh, you know, they would take the time. George was just, just finished up his MBA from, I believe, Miami. He was, I think, went to Florida State. He was going around with his father introducing the anniversary line. So it was just a great time for, for learning. And then to get the job with Davidoff, I was like, are you kidding me? So you're going to pay me to go smoke cigars and visit tobacco shops, what I did for sport anyways. You know, <laughs> this, is, like, this is fantastic. So, uh, you know, from there, you know, we were taking what we call point of merchants down to the Dominican Republic, and I became good friends with Raymond Schur, who was the international ambassador for Davidoff at the time, and he was really good friends with Zeno Davidoff. So whenever I was around them, I was totally enamored hearing the stories. And then whenever they would take a point of merchants down there, whether they're mine or not, Raymond Shirt always like, hey, make sure Mickey gets down there to help me host. So you got, you know, learned a lot about, you know, from a bird's eye view, like fermentation, aging, a lot of that stuff, color, uh, hmm. quality control. More quality control is what you learned a lot from Davidoff at that time. That's only the things that they would show you. And obviously, Hanky Kellner was beating that drum. Um, gotcha. Well, so, what, you know, what, what, year, what year was that about? When was that about? So, uh, about 97. So, I got the job with, with Georgetown Tobacco in 89, and I worked part-time. Okay. And in the last two years I was at Georgetown Tobacco, I was doing their, what we call, like, on-premise program, because back then... Uh, rest, the restaurant accounts were pretty frequent, and even cigar lounges were starting to pop up. But nobody would sell cigar lounges directly. They would always go to the retailer to protect the retailer. So, huh. you know, you had that exposure. That was, and there's another guy, Matt Cram, who was doing it from Drapers, and then Gary Pesh was at Tobacco Barns, which is now Old Virginia Tobacco Company. And we were the three big, you know, purveyors for them in the D.C. area. Hmm. So... The, it was a great exposure and great way to learn a lot about a lot of different cigars, you know, where yeah. they're from. And I actually had a spiral at the time. Remember the spiral notebooks? And I, and I journaled <laughs> everything because, you know, when people would come in, you know, they wanted to know about the cigar. And if you could tell them about it, you could sell it. So sure. you sell what you know. And that's where Davidoff and Ashley did a great job of trading the the retail employees at that time so um i was doing dinners one time you know george padron called me and said listen i need you to do a dinner for me i'm going to pay you like i think it was like a 100 bucks and a box of cigars and i'm like so i got to put a tie on put a resume in my pocket i would be able to eat a 10 course meal drink these gorgeous wines and smoke your cigars and then i'm gonna walk out with 100 bucks cash in my pocket and a box of cigars this is perfect I'm like, I, this, this is where I need to be. I need to be doing something like this. That's the dream. And, um, you know, so, so uh, you know, then I get the job with Davidoff and get to go to Switzerland, uh, you know, Dominican Republic. Um, you know, at one point, Dr. Schneider invited me and my wife over to go skiing and have dinner with them in the castle. And it, it was it was just like, man, this is 
this is unbelievable. Sorry, that's my dog Maisie. Uh, but uh, it was, it, it was. I'm like, this is, this is the lifestyle, you know, that I, that I want to do, and I, I fell in love with it. And you know, the more you love something, the more you research it. Sure. Um, and then you know, again, meeting Tim through the years, he, you know, offered me a you know chance to come in and, and take over, you know, take over the, the sales. And you know, my first job was to take everybody from a broker to a direct sales force. So oh, okay. we did that, and that's when we got some of the, the the best team I think in the industry at that time came together. You know, we had Tim had just came back from California to help uh, Eileen, who was really helping her dad with the company at that point, uh, and then brought in Mike Condor, who was with General. John Huber was already there, already making a statement for himself and for the company. Uh, I mean, just one of the most creative and best wordsmithers I've ever met in my entire life. And we're, of course, um, talking and, about CAO, just to be clear. CAO, I'm sorry, yeah. I took the, the CAO. So, you know, now I'm a CAO, and, um, and you know, we built that company. I mean, we quadrupled the size. You know, and I've heard people in past and say, hey, that was just a marketing company. Now it was a brand, it was a brand company. You know, it was, you know, everything from doing these creative blends with tobaccos that, you know, people didn't talk about they were too embarrassed, you know, or uh, doing things that, that people, you know, like one of the things was draw testing. Not everybody was draw testing, but the way our system and the people and our partners all draw tested all the cigars. And we talked about that quite, a, quite extensively. And, um, and, you know, we were working with Perdomo at the time, who was another great person to learn the actual process and tobacco from. At that point, um, you know, he's obviously one of the, the, the smartest guys, you know, from that standpoint. Look what, what he's built down in Nicaragua. And, um, and Nestor Placencia and, and started junior was starting to work his way up through the company at that point. Uh, it was just, and just loved going to Nicaragua. It was just it's raw, it's beautiful, uh, and just getting in there and just sticking your nose in tobacco and just learning everything from the seedling. Uh, you know, picking, you know, picking the flowers, you know, to get the seeds for the next crop. And, you know, it, it, it was just a, this is a phenomenal process. And then also going through the blending of what we did, um, you know, and Jono at the top was like a conductor of an orchestra and we had the best people, you know, it's that, you know, Brian McGee out of Texas, Miguel Chaudel, uh, Miguel was great for two to three years. He came to every single event, like in Pennsylvania, Ohio and Kentucky, and finally, we hired the guy, and he came in and blew up a territory that was n- notoriously neglected by other cigar companies. It was always the edge of another territory, so people kind of missed it. And we put a focus on it, and we put the right guy in there, who also was the hyper geek on learning the process, always asking a million questions. At the drop of a dime, he could tell you, you know, what was any any one of our cigars at one at a time, you know. And that was with the creative ability with, you know, we were working with Colombian tobacco. Tim was like, why aren't we working with Colombian tobacco? How come we're not telling people we're putting Pennsylvania tobacco in this? Um, yeah. Why, you know, why does everything out of Brazil have to be Montefino? Why can't it be Acapuraca? Why aren't we using this Italian tobacco? You know, and these things. And it was like, it, it wasn't, you know, so we had this passport of kind of um, cigars. 
if you want. You know, even like one of my favorites at the time was the Criollo. Um, the packaging was great, but it just wasn't retail friendly. So uh, it kind of got lost in the shuffle there a little bit. But it was um, just the use of those tobaccos and exploiting that to, to, for knowledge, for, right. you know, for the industry, for the people out there smoking, guys like you and, you know, before you're interested. And I think that's what piqued a lot of people's interest. We're like, well, don't hide it. Let's talk about it. It's a story. Right, transparency. You know, not every sh- – yeah, not every chef's out there growing his food, you know, you know right. bringing his own beef to, to market. You know, it's, uh, he now, why, 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 wasn't, why wasn't everyone doing that? Was there a stigma attached to some of the leaf or some of the practices, or was it just... Yeah, yeah there was a stigma attached to it. Like, everything was so traditional, by the book, and old school, and, like, you got to do it this way. Don't talk about that. Don't talk about this. Um, part of it is people didn't want the recipes to get out there and I get that. But again, I think Pete Johnson talks about it. Like if he gave all three of us the same bundle of, of, of tobacco, and actually it's the same binder or, or two binders, you know, depending on how you right. put your cigar together uh, and wrapper and how you bunch it and put it together. is going to be completely different. But also I think people were putting tobacco in there that was cheaper but added flavor, but they didn't want it to be perceived to be a cheaper cigar, even though it was long, like Pennsylvania tobacco. Now that's an expensive tobacco, obviously. Um, and people weren't using Mexican uh, stuff for, uh, at, that, at that time or talking about it. They, they did. And so, look what the Torrance have done. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, so, so moving from Davidoff, to CAO, was that like a culture shock or how was that adjustment? Uh, I don't know if it was a culture shock. It, it was in the sense that um, I still was wearing a bow tie doing my thing. Um, it was a lot more freedom and a lot more receptive. I think, you know, it, it looks at, if you see what Davidoff's doing today, they've been really, you know, trying to keep up and, or not trying to keep, or keeping up and go with all these different blend changes. They, mm-hmm. we couldn't even get them to do a Maduro back then when I was with them. So to go from the strict kind of like German <laughs> or Swiss German, if you want to call it high German, as they call it in Switzerland, uh, kind of mentality of like, you don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it to, uh, to the mentality of uh, let, let's try something new. And it, it wasn't anything that we were doing was so outrageous. It was like, huh, why wouldn't we do that? Right. Why wouldn't we talk about that? Why, would, why won't we tell the people? So if we weren't growing the tobacco and getting our fingernails dirty, you know, and we did a CD back then, um, you know, that was anchored by Tim Oscar called Seed the Soul, which showed the whole process it's like we we know what it's like like you know we don't go out and pick the beef or or the cow but you know if you go to a good butcher and you you know they they put the best meat in front of you and then you cook it the way you want to cook it you know that's what we were doing and we had access to some of the best people in the world i mean we had nestor we had Podomo, we had all these great intelligent people 
that were willing to experiment. And then, you know, with our our, our team, too, as well, Michael Treming, you know, would help coordinate with these ideas and actually put that stuff into fabrication with, with the actual physical branding and marketing was great. And the names, there was a simplicity to it. Criollo, Brasilia, Italia, you know, and we had this passport kind of mentality, which we ended up calling the World Cup kind of portfolio because World Cup was coming out and we had all these cigars from around from different places and it was just a great combination. Yeah. You know, we were taking, we were working on taking Columbia to market. Um, it was just, you know, work, and you could actually easily access a lot of those tobaccos, which is very tough today because hmm. their own, you know, people, there's just a couple of companies that you can figure out is buying up a lot of that tobacco. Right, right. So, so, so you had like a creative collective going on at CAO. Yes, every level like. from a business acumen to an artistic acumen to a marketing acumen to like you name it, sales, the greatest sales guys. So good. Like we had, my wife and I, we didn't even know we were coming home back to the Philadelphia area. You know, I was born and raised in Daytona Beach, Florida, went to Catholic University. That's where I met my wife. Mm-hmm. She's from the Philadelphia area, and I fell in love with it. I played football and lacrosse in college with a lot of these guys, so it was a great area. I loved it. We didn't know we were going back, you know, even to the point where my youngest daughter, Molly, who's now 13 and 6 foot, um, she, was, she was born in Nashville. Um, so uh, that was it. And then all of a sudden, we did such a great job, it sold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Congrats. <laughs> well, uh, well, the Oscars did quite well. Um, so, you know, there really wasn't a place for me to go at that point. So, right. uh, you know, there's, and I'd always been good friends with Rocky, and Rocky was like one of the only places I would go. And they already had a national sales manager. They just brought in Dave Bullock, who was kind of like a, a uh, like a, industry mentor to me. He was coming over from general. Okay. So, um, that's, and I was, you know, I, I went through a lot of hyper growth young in the industry, you know, from a leadership standpoint. And I had some of the best people in the industry competitors that put their hand on my shoulders and said, do this, do that, you know, huh. uh, think about this and, and shared, you know, kind of ideas and, and knew who brokers were, who would be a good hire and, and helped each other. Like, matter of fact, I helped text a couple of the guys, you know, with Rocky, you know, after I left. And, you know, it was heartbroken. So I, I picked up the family, and we, we moved back to the Philadelphia area, and I got a job with Lincoln Financial, wholesaling mutual funds through retirement plans, like 401Ks, 403Bs, and, you know, did quite well at it. And we took that, and that's what we doubled down to put into this company. And I right. partnered with a guy by the name of Frank Leo, we went to the Air Force Academy. We were friends for many years. I would send them cigars. And we, we put an action plan together and about three years ago and started working on it. And, uh, and here we are today. So we're coming up on our official one-year anniversary on November 1st, All Saints Day. Uh, we were having our first official launch. was going to be March 17th with the dedication, our dedication, as everybody affectionately calls it. Uh, but, but, you know, COVID, you know, we had a little COVID uh pick up there right so it, it's it's been great and we came out you know I, I think you and i have talked and i've talked to other people about it you know i want to be a horse in your stable 
Hmm. And that's and I'm talking about the consumer. So right. I'm a horse in the consumer stable. I'll be a horse in the retailer stable. Huh. Um, and I'm really conscientious about working with uh, retailers. Simply, that's where I came from. So going back real quick, when you when yeah. when you left CAO, when CAO left you, however you want to phrase it, were you? Right. Were you happy to be, uh, were you really, I guess, resigned to be out of the industry, or did you always have in yes. the back of your head yeah. that you I were going to I didn't smoke a cigar for a year. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I, I, I didn't smoke a cigar for about a year. So, huh. uh, I was, you know, uh, uh, I, I, CIO didn't leave me. I, I would say Scandinavian to back up me, but... Um, Fair. But they were trimming down. And, you know, the, the funny thing is, I finished up my master's at, at Penn and uh, University of Pennsylvania, and it was textbook, and I should have saw it coming. So it was, <laughs> um, you know, because they bought CAO, and then a year later, they they decided that they were going to wrap that into General Cigar okay. fully. I think that was already part of the plan of one of the hypothesis. They did that and started moving everything to Richmond. I was the first to go, then everybody else kind of fell right behind that. Um did you did you ever so, regret did you ever regret leaving Davidoff? No. Uh, and I'll tell you why. First of all, a I still am a big fan of that company, uh, what they've done and the hierarchy. Um, the same people were in the same leadership positions when I left CAO. If that makes okay. any sense. So yeah, I did. One of the reason the only reason I left Davidoff was. Because of the fact I saw the ceiling when two and three levels ahead of me were anywhere from five to 10 years older than me, even though I was still in my young thirties at that point, or I guess mid thirties, I knew that it wasn't going to happen. Uh, I'd probably still be a sales rep, you know, which is nothing nothing wrong with that and i love that and these guys are the backbone in this industry and they right. bring the most intelligence to the industry on like what to do how to grow the brand and pieces like that mm-hmm. but when you've tasted going down to the factory and getting involved and, and learning stuff at a different level it's kind of hard to you know it's it, it's hard not to think about doing that and then uh, when i had the opportunity to go over to the cao and work with such a creative team and, and saw what they had coming, and, and to be approached to be a part of that was awesome, you know. So, um, yeah. What, so, no, when, I don't when, right when exactly did you work? When? When? What was your tenure at uh, at Davidoff? So I started there in '97, um, and I went to. I had one year stint with Philippe Gregorio, um, with Philip Wynn. Okay. So I want to say I, I got the CAO at 2003. Okay. Yeah, 2003, 2004. Gotcha. And let me ask you, did you... So you can fact check that a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, sorry, sorry to take you all over the place, but did you have, did you work at all with Herklots? At Davidoff, it was. That oh Davidoff. yeah, Hartbox and I were. Well, there was a guy that by David Kitchen, um, who I actually did my first tours of Dominican Republic with, and then 
her clock came in and her clocks became, we became fast buddies. Um, I thought I got into that. Young. He got in super young. You know, he, I was in my mid thirties. I think he was in his mid twenties. Right. Uh, he was just out of Berkeley. Um, and he went to uh, Berkeley music school. I think it's something like the Boston area or something like that. Huh. I, I, okay. I could be wrong. B E R K L E E, correct? Yeah, we we still keep in contact today. Even when I was out of the industry, it was always cigars, or if I needed a restaurant or whatever. We we, we still we still keep in touch. We we just touched base a couple weeks ago. Loved it. <laughs> so so that that's your pedigree, I guess. A brief overview of it, and you mentioned right. All Saints already, and um, right. that's your that's your reentry. And so, how's it going over there with the All Saints? Yeah, so you know, we started the pro- started the project. I don't know, uh, like 2017, started really working on it, and um, so I, my plan was to be down at factories in 18. But the Sandinistas were acting up, and we really couldn't get down there, so I didn't get down there until. So we're working on blends from a distance, which is very hard to do. Got down, and finally in February of 2019 we decided on a blend and that blend um, aged and we, and actually we got it. It was boxed in the end of February of this year with a plan to take the market on March 17th. So that's dedication on. So uh, yeah, it's been going good. We, I went two months without really any sales or activity, you know, through COVID and then now we're, we're back up and running. So being down out of it for two, two and a half, months uh probably put us about eight eight months behind on where we wanted to be on accounts and distributions around the united states right now there's a hyper focus on the mid-atlantic because i live right in the philadelphia area so i don't want to be more than a three-hour drive or flight away so i can support it until we find the right brokers and people to come in yeah for somebody to to help two companies go from a broker to a direct sales force and here I am talking about getting, trying to find the right brokers to fit with our personality. <laughs> so, yeah, and, but that's and, the evolution of it. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, I, I just recently reviewed the dedication, dedication, and excellent smoke. I saw the solamente. You you did the dedication? I didn't see that. I'm sorry. Oh, I'll, I'll 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 get it to you. I'll, uh, spoiler alert: it's it's highly graded. It's uh, I gave it okay. a. A minus rating, so you're welcome. Thank you. And both are excellent smokes. What what, what was your when you're looking at reentering? What were you were you blending or trying to put something together according to your own palate, or were you trying to fit a specific niche within the industry as far as a portfolio? What what was what did you come back trying to do essentially with those couple? Well, there, yeah, there's, there's two fronts that we kind of looked at that is um, with me and my two partners. And, you know, one was what I liked because what I like seems to be what a lot of the market likes. So not, not because they like it because I like it. It's just that there seems to be synergy when – the, you know, you were talking about HBC earlier and their hotcakes, you know, or at least I was talking about the hotcakes. Right. You, know, <laughs> you know, everybody seems to like that cigar, right? right. So that, that's a kind of an example. 
that wasn't one that we had in mind when we were planning. Obviously, I, I, just, I didn't have until just recently. But there was something out there that I liked that, that blew me out of the water and working with those plants and working with those tobaccos in some of my favorite regions. The other thing was that we do know that within the first couple of years, we want to have a mild, medium, and full-bodied cigar. We just do. So okay. we can cover all those gamuts and palates. So I wanted to go to market first with a medium-bodied cigar. Now, if you wanted to go from a business acumen, you should come to market with a, with a mild cigar. Because that, to this day, it's the best-selling cigar. You you got to sell something to, to stay in business. You know, the critics don't the critics don't sell cigars. The cigar sells the cigar, and at the right price point. Hmm. So that's why with dedication, we were able to you know from a from a national standpoint, MSRP before you get into state and local taxes, a ten dollar cigar, and that's and that basically on a blended cost uh, retail. That's what, uh, to a consumer, that's what the dedication is. It, you know, it's a $10 cigar. And the flavor profile is magnificent. Now, here's the thing. It, it's a medium body, or I, I say just left the medium, only because that's what everybody tells me. Okay, so I thought it was a medium body cigar, but I can quite confidently say that it's a medium body cigar. So, you know, body and flavor are two different things. So I, I'm not going to tell you what you're going to taste in the flavor. And we, we, we've had some conversations about that as well, you and I. But um, so I, I can probably say it's a medium-bodied cigar. So what I have in the works right now is a full-bodied cigar that I don't, by the time it gets to market and the aging done, I think it's going to be back to medium. But a different <laughs> flavor profile. That, that's the magic of aging. You know, it's like you smoke something in the beginning uh, and you go with it and you put it into production and then you smoke it six months later, seven months later, eight months later. Uh, it's like barrel testing. You know what I mean? So you're going to see something and it's going, okay, the high octane's going away and the flavor's coming through, but the body's starting to come down a little bit. So, um, but the funny thing is, is like, you know, Dave Grappolo smoked it and he goes, oh my God, it's a full-bodied cigar. And everybody started laughing at me. And they're like, everything you smoke, you think it's a full-bodied smoke because it's right. you know, and mild. So, um, you know, so that, that, that was, and then we came up with a blend that we worked on through 18 back and forth, sent it here, sent it there, couldn't get it. And then went down there and made a little adjustment with some uh, style of Lajero that we put in there and then um, a, a micro region of Jalapa that we put in there that we felt comfortable that we'd have enough to keep it in production in future crops. Because um, obviously, you know, when you try to stay consistent with an ongoing blend that there's going to be some differences from year to year or every two years to every two years, depending on the inventory that you originally sure. you know, bring to market. So... Again, you asked me what time it is. I'm going to build you a watch. So sorry about that long answer. No, no, um, no, no. Go ahead. So that's where we came. That's where we came to. So um, thank God we were able to get two other projects done uh, or blends that we're committed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in February of this year, um, that we were waiting for to go to production. One is already in production. Uh, I have a test plan. I am flirting with the dedication. Uh, with a different wrapper, um, and I'll make sure you get some. As long as you keep it under your coat until uh, you, we finalize it. So, um, 
and, you know, and then, um, yeah, so that's what, so hopefully 2021 we're going to have some more products to, to, to take out the market. So. And, and what, what's, so what's the story with the Solamante? Yeah, so the Solamante, which is a funny story. Um, so we're down there, and it was, a, it was a blend that it worked on. It's one shape, one size. It's a 5 by 58 and Amika was like, Miki, what are we going to do with these 15,000 cigars? Because literally what I was going to do is keep wholesaling mutual funds during the day to advisors and then at night go see, um, you know, retail shops. Hmm. And I said, you know, if I'm going to do this, I have to do it right. I have to go fully direct and I have to get this 100% of my time. So this isn't a side project. This isn't anything. This is getting 100% of my time right now. So um, that, that was a big decision. And he kept saying, so many, only 15,000 cigars, only 558. And it was a blend that I, to be quite honest with you, Amilcar did most of the blending on that cigar. I was trying to literally rip off the Hoya de Monterey Epicure number two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, so there is there, so you you never know where your inspiration is comes from, but I, I would say that most a lot of my inspiration did start with somebody else's create creation, right. and I'm bad enough to admit that. Um, and Milcar was so freaking fired up, you know, being executing himself. Um, this 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 and this. So I said, let's box it. So we boxed up 500 boxes, and then obviously I up this little 5,000 extra for sampling. And the idea was, because it was already done, and that's why the packaging is somewhat similar to yeah. the dedication, because I actually wanted a little bit of brand confusion when, that, when it came out. Not brand confusion, um, but identity confusion, I guess I would say. Like, huh. say, if you look at John Huber's stuff, every single thing that comes out of there is consistent within the philosophy of his company, but right. every brand that he has has its own identity. Right, its own life. It has its own life. Yeah, exactly. You know, that was one of the things that Davidoff, that I didn't like. The only thing was people would come in when I was in retail, they go, hey, Mickey, I had that Davidoff. It was freaking off the charts. Can I get another one of those? And I'm like, right. well, did you have the meal series? Did you have the special series? And that was my job to know. They're like, uh, I'm like, do you have the cigar bag? Because it's very distinctly in a small spot. You can see what that is. So... Hmm. I want all my brands. That was at the time. So everything was just white label. You didn't know what the micro blends were. You know what I mean? So right, it was right, just, right, right. You just knew it was from Dominican Republic. But the Thousand Series, the Mill Series that we called it, it was different than the Special Series. It was different blends, you know? Huh. So uh, with the 500 boxes, that was, we were supposed to get that in October, by October, and that's what I was, late September, October, and that's what I was going to take the market and go see my old friends in the industry. Hey, I'm back in. I know it's only shaped one size, but I just want to get back in the loop, get back into your system, and show this to you. Well, we didn't get it until December. So that yeah. kind of put us behind on that a little bit. So um, that blend, you know, again, I, I've spoke about, like, I just want to be a horse in your stable. I want to build these brands. I'm not chasing limited editions or micro batches and all these other things. And I think that's great with a lot of people are doing out there in the industry because it creates a lot of fervor. But right. I think what we need to be right now is making sure that we're a horse in the stable or get horses in the stable and then start flirting with that stuff. Um, so that blend is, could be replicated. Um, hmm. 
But if I use that name solamente again, I will use it for a puro because it means only. Right. That rapper is an Ecuadorian Habano rapper, but I was so I was laughing my ass off so hard. He kept going, Mickey, Mickey, or they say Miguel Alto. They call me because Miguelito is Mickey, and they call me Mickey because I'm tall, so they call me Miguel Alto. Miguel Alto, Miguel Alto. It's solamente, and I am laughing, and Nimish is right there, and I text Frank Leo, my partner, and I because he does all the trademark stuff and things like that, which is a freaking nightmare to begin with, as you I probably have heard or understand. Yeah. Uh, one guy owns all the freaking brand names. Anyways, um, so I'll, I'll quit throwing darts. Uh, <laughs> is, uh, so I text him. I said, right now, let's go. Let's get all St. Solamente. So we did. And then we start slapping because I, I was going to use that name. I'm like, use it. I don't care. People use Puro. They use Escuro. They use yeah. Hell on our next one. We might have to call it a squirrel if we if we can't get our name through, to be honest with you. Jeez. Um but um so that's that's where that you know, where that came to be. So is it a limited edition? Yeah, but only on accident, you know. So it, it, it was kind of accident or I I didn't find any special tobaccos hidden some donkey's ass out on a finger somewhere. It was, you know, um it, it was a, it was a true just accident. And they they have the components of that cigar are relatively available today. So so basically, you thought really hard about how to re-enter, and when you actually re-entered, a little bit of a curveball. I mean, uh, you weren't probably right. expecting a, somewhat of a limited edition. You w- weren't expecting because with the with the I wasn't expecting the Sandinistas to act up in 2018. <laughs> yeah, squirrely people, you know, but. <laughs> the dedication, you know, you, you're talking about left of full, left of medium, somewhere around there. I have it like a medium full, and okay. but, but how I do it is intensity, so it's everything factored in. It's uh, yeah, know, I got so, you. <clears throat> so with the flavor included, it's a medium full. But you probably don't even like hearing that because you were going for the other side of medium, apparently. No, and, not really. It doesn't bother me. I, you know, as long as I was in the vicinity of medium. That's fine. You know, um, blending a, um, a full body cigar is very hard to do. And there's been people that have obviously been extremely successful at it. Um, right. You know, when you get into the aging process of that, too, it gets a little bit more difficult. I think sometimes, like, you know, when you talk about proof and whiskey, like, you know, the proof will dissipate over time. You know, some whiskey right. or bourbon should only be X amount of years. I think the same thing happens in tobacco. Tobacco yeah. is going to mellow, no matter what you do. Exactly. It's just this next project mellowed a little bit faster than I thought it was going to. But I think, <laughs> that, I still think it's a delicious cigar. That, uh, people say it, it's ready to go right now. Um, huh. uh, but they said that, you know, uh, a couple of my buddies uh, that, you know, um, that are w- well-respected brand owners out there, so, you know, one of them who I loved and Early, he said it was ready to go, and I said no. Huh. So we don't. We already predetermined we were going to wait that long. Um, so with that, you know, over the years, became good, really good friends with Rocky, and that's where this all came together. And um, and we worked out a special deal where I can utilize because we're not a we're, we're a brand owner. You know, we're not a special project. Right. Uh, we'll utilize. Right now, using utilizing his factory Tabacusa that he owns the majority of with uh, a milk car, 
Dalai, uh, you know, down in Nestle. Um, and then I have access to most of his library tobaccos. There's some stuff that I don't have access to simply because of the fact that of um, he needs that for his for some of his his things. Right. So, um, but it's it's been a great marriage and. Uh, we're completely different from our blends, and that's why I like working with Amilcar and Herbert down there. And, and Hamlet comes in and um, okay. you know looks at my cigars as well. And it, it hey, you're getting a little too close to Rocky on something. I'm like, all right, so we back away. So because I want my okay. stuff to stand on its own legs as well. Even now, it, it's I'm utilizing his factory, his rollers, his blenders, and, and those pieces. It's um, yeah, so it, 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 it works out great. And he yeah. couldn't be more supportive. And he said he wouldn't, you know, and quite frankly, the spe- I, and I shouldn't speak on his behalf. He said he wouldn't do it with anybody else, but he saw the way I grinded it before in the industry that he knows if anybody's going to build a brand, you know, he knows it's going to be me because i got to be out there doing it. But I love being in front of people. I love telling stories, and I love hearing stories because so, I might make my own story. <laughs> <laughs> so you're coming up on a year. You uh, Maybe you said it, but you didn't say it hard enough or if you want to touch on it again what's the what's the first year anniversary going to look like do you have anything planned that's going to be released do you have what, what are you doing for the one year birthday of all sales uh the one year birthday is a select few we do have some investors who are going to be able to formally smoke uh some of them a little bit earlier uh going to be able to formally smoke our blend that will be coming out uh, beginning in 2021, we might be able to get it by December. Um, hmm. So, um, and as a, a party, I don't know. Uh, probably be my daughter's 14th birthday. She turns 14 on November 2nd. Wow, <laughs> the freakishly tall one. Um, the freakishly tall. The, the, your, your she's beautiful. Teenage, she's gorgeous and an excellent your, basketball player. But yeah, so yeah, your your teenage daughter that uh, is significantly taller than I am. Which I'm, I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm okay with that. I'm yeah, you've got to be nice to me or I'll send her out there to, you know, I'll send her out to the left <laughs> Take care of your life uh, for you. Well, I'm 6'5". I'm, I'm scared of her. Uh, no, nah, she's a sweetheart. She's, she's a hard worker and a smart girl, um, all, as well as all three of my daughters are. We're in the midst right now with my oldest one talking about scholarship opportunities that are starting to come in for her. She's a roller, and she's like 5'10". Like but, jeez. Yeah, so back to the one-year anniversary. No, I, I think the fact of the one-year anniversary is me and my two partners and the investors give each other an air hug, a COVID air hug, and say, hey, considering all the things that we've gone through, we still, and we're still getting brand penetration. We're still getting more spots out there. We're getting uh, great reviews. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, and feedback on the cigar. Um Considering that, you know, we might only be nine months behind schedule as opposed to a year, year and a half behind schedule, considering what has happened, I, I, I think that's a celebration in itself. Uh, would we love to have a big party? Yeah. If you know me, I, I'm not afraid of a party. Um, if you know my old CAO days, hell, we had Leonard Skinner, for God's sakes, uh, <laughs> up in, the, in, in the penthouse of the, the, the Playboy penthouse. Uh, funny, it's called the Playboy penthouse over in the Palms. With you know hanging out with them signing guitars, um, that was all John Huber, by the way, not me. So, right, right. That sounds like, uh, that, that, that smells like John Huber. Is, is what they're <laughs> like, is, it, is that our security? And they're like, no, that's our head of sales. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, 
once a doorman, always a doorman. Uh, just don't be a doormat, you know. Um, so so but, long term, you know, long term. Then what are you what are you looking at with All Saints? Are you are you wanting to grow, grow, grow? Or are you wanting to stay small? With yeah, you? I want to grow healthily, health healthily. If that's a word, um, it is. No, I, I, I don't care. Um, it's and you know my whole thing. Like I couldn't sell mutual funds anymore. It was driving me absolutely absurd. I'm blessed that there were some beautiful people in the industry that gave me a chance and gave me a chance and to do well to reinvent myself at, uh, at 40 years old, you know, um, going from a, you know, leadership position down to sitting on a desk for a year and then getting out of the streets and wholesaling, hmm. uh, which was very fortunate uh, to have the lifestyle that I had because of that. I'm like, if I'm going to grind it from sun up to sundown and plus plus on both sides of that, I got to do something I love. So I got 15, 16 years, 17, 20 years, something I can do. I want to do it. You know, look at, you know, look at Manola, Benji, Benji, Menendez, look at freaking um, Zeno Davroff. You know, these guys all, right. not that they're all dead, but what I'm saying is that. Uh, <laughs> long, at, long careers, long careers. Yeah, long careers. Like it's something you do what you love and you never work a day in your life. And I know it's cliche and everybody says it, but it's like, yeah, I mean, every every two weeks in a mutual fund business and once a month was absolutely fantastic, and you're like, why would I do anything else? But all the other time in between, you wanted to, you know, you're playing Russian roulette with, like, going insane. Like, I got to go talk to this guy. I got to do this. And, you know, it was interesting, the fact that you're talking about people's futures and the retirements. You, know, you have hardworking people out there that, that put that stuff aside. Right. But, you know, again, if I'm going to do something and I love to travel, my girls are getting older and maybe it was a blessing in disguise that had a little bit of a hiatus to put this, to put this plan together to put the money together and spend some time with my kids. Cause I, I wasn't around in the beginning. Right. With the cigar industry. I mean, I, I started doing what I'm doing and I was like 40 and right. you, this is one of the few industries where you could be a fresh young face at the at right. the tender age of forty, so yeah, you do have a long time ahead of you, and hopefully, All Saints does too. Yeah, and thank I, you. I want to I want to ask you something because it's a recurring theme on this show, and since yeah. you since you know Michael Herklotz, right? Since you since you know him, you have an understanding of what he's about more than maybe anybody else I've talked to about this. And again, right. on this show, we're trying to handicap what's next. For that guy, uh, and, was that for him? Uh, yeah, I, I think it, I, I think it'll be his biggest project ever. Not that I know, right? But right. knowing him, so it, it was funny. In high school, my junior year, I wrestled one year, one year, and the coach was like, "Man, you're a natural. You're going to be good at this." He goes, "But you got to be thinking three moves ahead." And I go. What the fuck are you talking about? I only know two. That's the up <laughs> referee position and the down referee position. Uh, we have a and, similar uh, experience there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, this isn't going to work. You know, this is, you know, uh, so much for the conditioning for offseason for football. This is not going to work. You know, her clock, whether it's about himself, his company, or whatever he does, and, you know, he, he puts everybody ahead of himself. Huh. Uh, he's always thinking three moves ahead. So I think his next move um, 
will be his best. If I had to guess, I won't because I won't. I want him to make answer my next phone call because we just talked a couple weeks ago. But I, I think there's a company out there that uh, I love and adore, who did so many great things for so many years, had a couple hiccups over the last couple of years, that with that leadership and tutelage would take them to a, a stratosphere that that company had never seen before, and he's quite familiar with the company and brands. That's well, what I'll, I'll say. Well, I'll, I'll, tell <laughs> you, I'll, I'll let you in on the action here at Capitalist Media. And the, the, the going favorite is, uh, is Avo, which is somewhat of a return. Or it isn't somewhat. It's a return to Davidoff, but it's Avo, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. Is that and, the rumor, or is that, that the hypothesis? That's the hypothesis. That's that. That's the smart money here at Capitalist Media. My money. Okay, is, so I was thinking a little bit more grander, but uh, the fact is, I don't know all the politics going on, but that oh, might be and, the and, and and we don't either. And it's just from the outside looking in. My dark horse in it is Quesada, and also I'm thinking maybe not tobacco. Maybe he gets into politics, or yeah, I mean, I, I like to joke that he's a beautiful man. And he, yeah. like, the world is his oyster. I'm jealous of Michael Herklotz. And so, um, but, yeah. But don't get me going on that. But, yeah, I, I'm just interested to see what he's doing. And you guys have more parallels than I had suspected. You and Michael. Yeah, well, you know, he, his company's, well, well the way he he's in his early 40s, I was 40, uh, I, I was walked out the front door uh <laughs> and at least they let me go out the front door um that's nice and yeah um but it was textbook so that i can't be and he's he's winding down this this part of the operation all the way to the end so right. you know I, I i think if if the industry loses somebody like him uh shame on the industry not shame on the industry. It'd be it would be a loss for the industry. He's a franchise right. player, as they talk about in the NFL and in the NBA. Chipper. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Does, he he does a lot for the industry, just as opposed, you know, just uh, himself. Yeah, he's well dressed. I've never seen a guy that can talk so highly about himself and not come across as arrogant or vain. You know what I mean? Be- so, it, it, exactly. Uh, hate it. Hate it between you uh, and me. Hate it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I got a guy that I golf with. Uh, on the weekends, as Brandon Hapner, and he talks about his fucking game all the time. It's so, like, I piss hammer that. Look at that score, but he does it in such a beautiful and sweet way. You're like, how can you not love the guy? You know what I mean? So, like, I, I don't have that talent or that ability, but um, you know, I, I think that he still has a lot to offer the industry, and anybody that can afford him should nab him up in a heartbeat. That that would fall into his philosophy, you know, too. So, you know, here's another thing: it's just is he the right fit if the people let him do what he wants to do? I mean, he's been around the block enough. He's, he's been a student of the game and a leader in the game long enough. Like, if you hire the guy, don't hire the guy, then fucking handcuff him as soon as he walks through the door. You know what right. I mean? Let right. him do what he does. He's right. got one of those – the way he looks at – and perspective-wise, he looks at things and, and brings them across in the way – he does things is a very interesting process. Um, he's thought about, he's, I, I guarantee you when he's home alone with his wife and his kids, or he's got time to himself, 
he's constantly going through what if scenarios, which I think is a great exercise for anybody in any business to go through. You know, right. um, um, I guarantee you he, he's doing that. So let whoever gives him the reins, let him have them. Right. So, Re- realize why you brought him in, you know. Correct. Absolutely. So, okay, so I'm, I, you, you didn't give me much to work on, but uh, no. to enter the Well, that was my hypothesis. Tool. Right, yeah, right. That was... <laughs> uh, so, so, so yeah. yeah, I guess thanks for the time, and thanks for nothing with the Herculots thing. But, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Well, I don't know. Did I screw something up? Yeah, you, you, you kind of did. You kind of did. But more oh, more importantly, th- <laughs> more importantly, thanks for go- thanks for Shit, coming I'm on. Sorry. You want to re- nah. We've already done it. Twenty out of nine. No, you you know you know what? I'm tired of hearing me talk. I'm not tired of hearing oh, you yeah. talk. I just I'm tired <laughs> of hearing my own voice. I'm tired. Yeah, you got a great I, voice. You got a face for radio. I got a face for radio. Thank you very much. Yeah. I, that's what I always say, Cap. Why don't you do video? <laughs> it's because I sound like this, but I look like this. Right. right. So uh, it's fun. Thanks a lot, man. Don't be a stranger. Come on around, and um, we'll talk yeah, more off the air it, and all it, that. Yeah, thanks for being so patient with the schedule the last couple of weeks, which is good. I've been busy, and then, you know, obviously I had parent-teacher stuff this morning, so I'll yeah. be out and about all weekend. Well, for the rest of my day, I'm going to be a school teacher with the distance learning. So, Well, God bless you, and with that, I, I got a couple of buddies doing that, and it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of work. It, it, so. it is. It is. And um, I love it, and I hate it. And right now, right. I, I need to get going so I can't actively love it and hate it. But again, thanks for thanks for coming over, thanks for being a part of it. Good luck to you, and um, yeah, we'll talk more. I appreciate the time. Yeah, absolutely, anytime. Thanks, Cap. Have a All great right. day. You too. All right. All right. Yeah. Kilo, Alpha, Papa, Lima, Oscar. Whiskey, India, Tango, Zulu. Doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And uh, of course, I'm going to have a lead into this. Gentle person's listening at home, but just for the sake of argument, Rene Lorenzo, HVC Cigars. And uh, again, thanks for taking time, or thanks for taking time to come chit chat with me a little bit, Rainier. Uh, thank you for having me and your show, buddy. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, no, no worries. And uh, let, let's jump right in because there's a lot of stuff I want to get to and I don't want to take a lot of your time. But uh, first of all, two cigar blends, two of your offerings from your portfolio that I wanted to talk about. First one is the hot cake. It was number three, my number three cigar of the year at Capitalist Media. And Thank you so much. No, it, it was honestly, I would consider it a special cigar, whatever that means. And uh, walk me through that. Walk me through what what you know about it, what you want us to know about it, what the process was regarding that hot cake. I mean, I remember, you know, we, we own the trademark for the name Pan Caliente. Mm-hmm. So Pan Calientes are really popular. Uh, I would like to say a slama in Cuba when something sells like like a cake, right? Like a, a Cuban. So yeah. you say when something sells fast, we sell oh, that sells like pan caliente. So <laughs> I tr- I tried my hot cake, and then I, you know, I haven't come out with any blend. Some people confuse this in the same blend as the pan caliente. No, it's not. So you know, I know Salif is really, 
big then in Criollo '98 and Corojo '99, right? Mm. So and, and this particular blend, I, I want to say, I want to create something completely different uh, from what I already have in my portfolio of HVC. Mm. And I said, I want to create something probably more than the full size cigar, right? Full body. And I said, uh, when we were blending, say, well, let's add. It's, it's, it's a type of CS called Corojo 2006. The Aganosa leaves don't grow much of that type of seed, but they do. Mm. And, and bring to a cigar a, a different flavor profile. You know, you know the, the sweetness is completely more deep in the okay. body of the cigar. And, and on top of that, we use a Maduro. Yeah. It's a Viso Maduro Corojo 2006. That's in the blend. So in that particular cigar, the AK, we use C type of seed. We use Corojo 99, Criollo 98, and the Corojo 2006 Maduro. Hmm. The, you know, and the rubber, of course, we use San Andres Maduro from the Turin family, so they complement quite well. Right. Salif tobacco. Yeah, you get that much clearer, heavier sweetness from the San Andres. Yes, so, correct. I mean, me personally, I really like San Andres tobacco. I hmm. say for the rubber. So... You know, I have all the cigars that we use the same wrapper, and they do really well. Yeah, and it's a popular blend, and when it's done well, San Andres. Correct. When it's when it's not when it's not out of balance with the rest of the components, when it's not too rough, too young, then when it's when it's mature, when it's Maduro, if you want to say it, it's uh, it, it's really one of my favorite leaves the a good San Andres because it brings that deep, deep sweetness to it, which is all over that hot cake. I mean, like you, you're talking about sweetness. That that's something that that, that I really like and I love it in all HVC blend. You know, I, every time I'm, I'm blending, I'm looking for for sweetness in my cigars. You know, remind me like really Cuban style smoke. You know, when you got really good Cuban cigar, you know the sweetness, the creamy that's right there. That right. that's what I'm looking for in a cigar. Right. You know, it's funny because anymore, it's so popular. People want really strong, strong, proper nicotine. A lot of people, they want really strong nicotine. They want really like a bitter, bitter, sweet cigar, very peppery. And that's fine. Everybody gets to pick what they want. But for me, why would I want to challenge myself like that? When I light a cigar, I want to have a sweet experience. I want to have an easy, breezy experience. I don't want to be knocked for a nicotine loop. I don't want to be feeling like I'm chewing on pepper. I want something sweet, something and something that your your whole, what I've smoked from your portfolio seems to offer is while it's sweet, it isn't cloying. It doesn't stay with you. It, it's clean. And and go ahead. Sorry, I, I, I always I, I'm with you. Like me, personal probably is my my palate. I, I don't like really stuff really full 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 body. You mm -hmm. know, like you say, uh, people have the right to pick and choose whatever they want. But me, personal, I really like medium medium full body cigars. I I don't think I, I I'm not really the person. That, I don't have my cigar. Right. So all I do, like I say, is medium, medium full. And, and it's for important things that you're always looking at in a cigar for me. It's like flavor. 
right, give me flavor. If you give mm. me flavor, and that, that's 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 what I'm looking for. Right. Construction. Right. But but balance, part but but part balance, of the uh, uh, exactly. I'm going to let you go on because I was just going to say that. Yeah, let's talk balance, balance and clean finish. Mm -hmm. You know, clean finish is a detail in a cigar that really I, I I pay a lot of attention to that. And what does that mean? Like you know, you when you're smoking a cigar, when you puff in and you puff out, you know, you got something like like there are some cigars that they stick. You know the flavor is stick in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know how to describe it, that it, in English. It, I, I don't. I don't know that word. But it's if I it's can... sweet. If it's sweet, it's cloying. If it's bitter, it's just it's it's like it's like barnacles on a boat. It starts feeling like when you get those really heavy, heavy cigars. And when I smoke a cigar, I want to like the taste. First and foremost, like you said, other than construction, it has to let me take a pull. You know, I have to be able to draw on it. After we get through that, oh, it's yeah. really a cigar, goes without saying. I want to, I want the taste. And people always say, like, what do you mean? They ask me, like, what do you mean by you want it to finish cleanly? Don't you want to have a finish? Yeah, I want to finish, but I don't want it to last the rest of the day. I want it to last in between puffs. Exactly. Yeah, I mean the clean finish is something like every time you Saturday, every time you puff out, you say, "Wow, you know, you feel your mind was fresh, clean again." So when you puff it again, it's, it's it's really enjoyable. Right. You get to repeat the whole enjoyment every time you take a puff that way, and you know when it's time to take a puff when that clean finish leaves, and uh, that's the perfect pacing for a cigar. But and again, that's just me. And it sounds like it's you. And that kind of answers one of my other questions, which is, do you blend for your own palate or do you blend with your portfolio in mind? I mean, I, I, always, I, I think I'm really wrong in that part because I, I, I never blend for people. I always blend for myself. You know, I, I always I say this. Uh, I, I would never put a cigar out there that I don't really enjoy. And the other part is like, it has to be completely different from what I already have in my portfolio, but at the right. same time has to fit in the HBC portfolio. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. sometimes it get tricky. Yeah, and, and what's, what's that old saying? If, uh, if you blend to your palate, if it doesn't sell, at least you get to smoke a bunch of cigars you like. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense to me to come out with a cigar, for example. I said, well, it's, it's the same of the for at the HVC Cerro, Maduro Cerro, I don't know. It has to be completely different, but it has to be in the same HVC portfolio, you know, looking for that unique right. the consumers. Oh. Right, right. It has to have the HVC uh, fingerprint. There has to Correct. be some common linkage between offerings. And that, that begs the question, what is the HVC fingerprint? I say, you know, like to me, it's the Cuban style smoke. HVC is 10 for the Havana City. So, like I say, you see people saying Cuban are really strong cigars. No, they're not. Cuban hmm. is, well, when you, like I say, when they are really good, they are really, really good. You <laughs> know, it's a, it's, a, it's a region in Pinar de Rio that's called San Juan and Martinez. That tobacco from that region is, is, is unbelievable. So, right. right now in Nicaragua, what we're doing, we, Nicaragua's making great cigars. Dominican Republic make great cigars. But you, you never forget where everything started, right? Everything started in Cuba. Right. So 
And what we're doing today in Nicaragua and Dominican Republic and other parts of the world, when you're talking about premium cigars, you got to start talking about Cuba. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I, I, I know it's popular. Well, there's two popular ways to approach Cuban cigars if you're a cigar smoker. And one is I only smoke Cubans. Cubans are the only cigar worthwhile. And the other one, the other way is uh, Cuban cigars used to be good. They're not good anymore. You can't smoke them for three years. They're plugged up. It, but at the, at the end of the day, it's just, it's not just another, but it is another place where you could grow tobacco, where the soil, where the earth influences the tobacco leaf. So you do have different characteristics in the Dominican Republic, in Nicaragua, in Mexico. So the San Andres wrapper, if it's grown there, uh, you know, so it's, it's, I don't know if you're a wine guy or not, but it's I terroir. Do, yeah. It's, it's terroir. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the growing region. It's the, it's the completely, I agree with you. Think about, you can grow tobacco anywhere, right? But depend if you enjoy that tobacco when you smoke it, right? Right. So right. you have the source to grow tobacco. You say, well, I want to grow tobacco. I don't know. And, in New York or in Wisconsin or in Montana. But, well, that, you know what I mean? Like, well, that flavor, that tobacco that you're growing, you see how it came out, right? Because everything is in the soil. The flavor is in the soil. Oh, did I lose you? No, I think the flavor, oh, okay. is, in the, the flavor is in the soil. Yeah, the flavor, it's again, it's terroir. And I've been trying to bring, I'm a wine guy and I'm a coffee guy and I'm prominently, uh, predominantly, I should say, a uh, uh, cigar guy. But terroir and wine, it's no less of a deal than in cigars. It's absolutely no less. It's an agricultural product. So the soil is what matters first and foremost. Everything else the same. The soil is what matters. And I saw you do an interview, I think it was with Gary Korb. Um, a while ago, and you said something really interesting that a lot of people maybe don't realize that the fermentation process is not there to enhance the flavor. No, yeah, yeah. I remember that I got this conversation that was a while ago, when I, and after was you know I left you in 2008, and then I went back to Cuba, oh. and, and I learned and I learned this for a. a a guy that was in tobacco almost all of his life, and he was working for Aganol Salif back in the early 2000s. And the guy retired, went back to Pinar del Rio de San Juan and Martinez. So, okay. and he was also, it's like he was working with American tobacco in the, in the 40s and the 30s. Imagine do what, what experience guy had. Huh. And, and I remember his words, and I said, you know what? I always going to share that words with the people because it, it made really sense. Like fermentation don't give flavor. Fermentation is to burn the tobacco, right? To get right. the tobacco process to be able to blend it. The flavor is already in the soil. Right. And we have this right now. You, you have tobacco from Dominican Republic. You have tobacco from Cuba. You have tobacco from Nicaragua. You can see right away completely different flavors out there. Okay, now when you blend them together, you got something magical, something really good, something can be really bad, correct? But right. the flavor of the leaf itself from the different regions is completely different. Why? Because the soil. Look at today, we're using the same seeds as we use in Cuba. <laughs> yeah. And you can see how different they are. Mm. They got some things completely 
similar, right? When I'm talking about the sweetness, when I'm talking about, but look at this is quite funny. See the difference between Esteli tobacco and the Jalapa region. Of All course, right? yes. I'm talking about the two main ranges of growing tobacco in right. Nicaragua. So in Nicaragua, you got the soil really dark and the tobacco is heavy and spicy. When you when you are blending with that tobacco, I mean, it depends what you're looking for in the blend, but you need something like to complement that tobacco to, how do you say, like let it down, you know, because yes. it's spicy, yeah. it's heavy. So, and then yeah. you got Jalapa region a little bit north, the soil is more loose, more creamy, more mellow. Right. In the same, in the same country, okay? So, and when you plant the same seeds in the two regions, you can see the difference. It's unbelievable. And, and, and that's why it's so important to recognize, again, I'm going to beat a dead horse because it's my dead horse, <laughs> terroir. Because what we have, what we tend to talk about in cigars is growing regions. And that's not everything terroir is. Because you just made a point, you just made a point that I would have exactly made. Because a growing region is Nicaragua to the typical smoker. Oh, this is a Nicaraguan smoke. You know, this is a Nicaraguan yep. cigar. Well, is it Jalapa? What part of Nicaragua? You know, let's get past the growing region. Let's get to terroir. And, and and not even going to like, you know, what vintage and, you know, how much rain did you get last year? But it's a good start to understand that there is more to growing regions than just Nicaragua, Nicaragua yeah, or, or that, Dominican that, Republic. There are some things and in, in that we cannot control, right? So like you say, when it's raining too much, when it's hot, when it's dry, you know, that affects the flavor and the tobacco. Right. So that's when they come and you got to do adjustment and the blend to get the same flavor, to get the consistency mm. in the cigar. Right, right. So, okay, so we, we talked about the hot cake and I said we were going to talk about another cigar and then we went off on a tangent and it was mostly my fault, but, you know, my no show. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm not currently smoking now because I have to review a coffee after I hang up with you here. And I don't want to smoke a cigar before that. But after I do the coffee, I'm going to be reviewing one of yours. It's the HVC, HVC Serie A. And I wanted to maybe have you put a bug in my ear as to what I could expect from that Serie A. What size? Uh, feels like a Corona. Okay, yeah, the Pella. The 46 by 558, the Corona got the size, yeah. Yeah, that feels right. That's it. That's, 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 you will get a unique smoke. You know, I would like to use smoke and let me know what you think. The Serie A project, <laughs> the, 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 the Serie A project, it, it was first uh, exclusive to Hawaii. Uh, Marvin and Winefield there, he said, Lorenzo, you know, like, I would like to do something with you, so what you can do for us. And I said, well, I said, let me go to Nicaragua and let me work on it and, and, and see what happened. And, and when I got this blend, I, I really liked it, that blend. It was a, it is a phenomenon of blend. It's doing unbelievable for us. Or even we have only two sizes. And I remember we did a show there and I told him, I say, Marvin, I really like this blend. So I will give it to you the exclusive of the, of the robusto size 
in the Serie A but this, that year I'm going to release the Cañones that's a five and a half by 54 okay well that's five by eight I the CPR I the PCA now or the same year because I remember that was probably around March April that show when I was there in Hawaii and then mm-hmm. that year in Vegas I did that so the Serie A the name coming Serie A because I know it's a tobacco classified how do you say classification or classify the tobacco Right. In a, B, and C. So okay. In C, so, in so C. grades. So it's a, it's a grade. So, in all the tobacco that we use in the Serie A is classification eight. Oh, in the classification, you know, the size of the leaf, the texture of the leaf. The right. flavor the- is something. Flavor is something different because it's like we blended the tobacco with A and B. You know. And I right. said, well, what has made the Serie A so unique is the completely the whole tobacco that we use as classification. That's huh. the story behind HBC Serie A. And I said, well, I want to do a 10-count boxes. That's the only thing we do, 10-count boxes. And the HBC portfolio, I don't have anything on 10-count, just only the Serie A. Hmm. And it's doing phenomenal. For, I think you will really love that cigar. Card. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, well, you'll find out, won't you? But yeah, I've actually, I've smoked a couple already, but I've smoked them not sitting so hard looking at them as to write about them. But what I remember off the top of my head is it's very dark, very sweet. And um, an interesting, uh, people say molasses a lot with cigars. There's an interesting, and I I don't want to get too hung up on it. There's a, a bootstrap molasses i think it's that's what's called or a black strap i i don't want to check myself but there's a molasses variety that's kind of like uh think of like an extra virgin olive oil where it's processed and then processed again it's filtered and then filtered again it's more refined and yeah, that's I mean, the it, exact kind of molasses i get from that siri a and i gotta because, check i think it's black strap because and, go to, and top of that we use a, a a tobacco is ligero, maduro. Okay. And the leaf, they take a little extra fermentation process to get that color, that flavor that we want in the blend. That's uh, probably okay. when people say that you got the extra smoky flavor. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, very, very smoky, leathery, very, very umami, very savory. But it's I, I'm I'm you're right. I'm gonna like it because I liked it already. But like I said, it's always a little different when I sit down to actually write about it. You know, when when I, I got my my bullshit critic hat on, you know, and I have to <laughs> <laughs> and I have to really look at it. What you know, but no, it's, uh, I've enjoyed really everything I've sampled from your portfolio, and um, something else I've enjoyed is the looks of your packaging. It's, it's almost, don't, don't take this the wrong way, but it has a very generic look to it, a very plain look to it. You have the orange pretty much across the board. So you have that link. That's like an HVC color in my mind at this point is that orange, but it's, it's, it's plain. They're not ornate. They're not embossed. There's not roses all over the place and, and senoritas dancing in red dresses oh, yeah. and, and, and foot ribbons and all that. It's, it's, it's nice. I, I like to keep it simple. 
And that way, I think people will see more and, and read better. If you keep it simple, you know what I mean? I wanted the message to get in your face right away. And that's the way I like to go with that. Every yeah. time I try to go with, you know, in a design and a project I have in my mind, you know, I, I want it simple and clean. Yeah, and that, that's what this is. It's very simple. And even a name, I know HVC, Havana City, but it has a certain plainness to it. It has a certain understatement. Uh, like, it, it's a, there's a certain amount of it being understated, it feels like. It's not like some grand name. It's HVC. But, and, and in a way, what it allows from my perspective is the cigars speak for themselves. The it cigars has, tell the cigars tell the story, not it, the packaging. It, it, no, not the, to, you know. Yeah, and and it's it's I'm enjoying it. I appreciate I appreciate you putting stuff out that I enjoy because I'm selfish as fuck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you. Yeah, and oh, so so one last thing. One last thing. I almost forgot. When, first of all, when I reached out to you the first time, you ignored me. When I reached it, it, it out to you. It was so funny, like, when you said, <laughs> remember when I said to you, I was thinking you were a fake account. You know, yeah, you, yeah, know, you, I, know, I, you know, I, I, I reached You know, every day I got those, a lot of requests and people text me and, you know, at least you want to see we are connecting in the business and we are from Cuba or from here, Nicaragua. <laughs> and, you, and you look pictures, right? You say, well, let me look the pictures. And well, this guy don't have any picture. I, I told you, I, I remember sending to you, I was thinking you were a face account. <laughs> and, and, and when you said that, so so the story is I, I, sent, I sent Rainier a message. Hey, how's it going? Nothing. I sent him another one. Hey, blah, blah, blah. Nothing. Finally, I'm like, hey, what the fuck? Why, what is, why, why aren't you talking to me? And, and you get back to me. Uh, yeah, I, I thought you were a fake profile. And at first, I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And then I look and then I look at my profile and I'm like, oh, yeah, I could see that because I'm, I'm never I'm never really on there. I just drop yeah. links to my stuff. I don't I don't care to share what I had for breakfast. Yeah. I don't care what you had for breakfast. I don't no. really social media. Every so, day, every, yeah, every day I got these like, you know, like, boom, boom. And when I say that, you know what I mean? Like, this is so funny to me. They're so fake. You know, I say, well, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you, I now. Can, now, now you know I'm a real boy. Now you no, know no, I'm a real connected. guy. Now we are connected. Yeah, and and uh, unless I'm the uh, unless I'm the best spam bot that Russia ever made, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm still not real. But no, it, but anyway, I just wanted I just wanted to say that because I found that to be really that was funny. funny. Yeah, but, that was funny. But when <laughs> but when we did start talking, when we did start talking, it made you made me aware that you've been around HVC has been around a much longer time than I thought you were. Yeah. You've been in a business for what, like a decade? Uh, next year is going to be a decade because when I was living in Wisconsin, I, I, I was not working full time in HBC. HBC, you know, I started with, uh, you know, getting the business, my family's been in the business because they've been working for Aganosa for almost 20 years. It was quite my okay. hobby. You know, I say, I always want to be an entrepreneur and have my own sim. 
And when I was working for a generic company there for seven years, all my first accounts were there in Wisconsin, Chicago, Michigan. Okay, and, so and, very, and, very regional, very regional. Exactly. And, and then five years ago, in 2015, I decided, you know, to go completely full time in the business and be there. It's still growing, it's going to grow more. So we got a really good team, the people out there helping us in every way. And, and like you say, the cigar have to do the job too as well. And after that situation that I say, this is what I want to do. And let's, you know, let's put the, the pedal on. Yeah. And it's been great. That's, that's why everybody know more people about HBC right now. Cool. Gotcha. And, and I, I figured it was that, but I was just shocked when I saw yeah. 10 years and it, like, I thought I, I had you as one of the cool new kids. And uh, you, you've been around a couple of generations now of cool new kids. So, yeah, and, and I've seen the growth, and I wish you more. You deserve it. Good stuff. And uh, I guess with that, oh, you know what? Before I let you go, tell people where they could find you online. Hello? Oh, can you hear me? Hello? Oh, it looks like... We got disconnected, so I'm going to have to tell everybody to look for HVC cigars wherever they are online, and uh, we'll Hello? come right back with another segment that hopefully Hello? runs smoother than this one. Amazing. I, I didn't like that one. I didn't like that one. <laughs>